Hey everybody, we're with Hugh today. How you doing? Good, how you doing? Not too bad. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you guys again. Been it's a been a while, yeah. yeah. Not not COVID related either. No, just life. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I'm just lazy. Me. Yeah, that's a lot of my yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so Hugh, Hugh's a physical therapist. He's uh, has some great credentials. Can you speak to them? Uh, my credentials? Yeah. Uh, well, I've been OCS certified, uh, FMS uh, SFMA, um, a strength and conditioning specialist. I've done a lot of that stuff. I, um, a certified kettlebell instructor, uh, under Pavel, uh, for years now. And that's the uh, legitimate kettlebell instruction. That's yeah. The two legitimate ones are the RKC and the, uh, uh, SF one, uh, Pavel left RKC and started FS1, but when I was certified, he was still with the RKC uh, before that. They're both basically the same. Those are the two that everybody kind of look up to, the, sort of the gold standard in that. And I use a lot of that with my therapy patients and, uh, you know, if they can, higher level uh, people, more athletic, will get into some kettlebell stuff and, you know. I'm trying to remember when you were with us. I, uh, do you did you do you bring them to the mm -hmm. clinic? You have the kettlebells in the clinic. I don't yeah. remember seeing them. It's been a while. I brought no. just some yeah. light ones. Into light the ones. Clinic. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we had course, kettlebells, and then when, yeah. Yeah, after you left, I I brought in mine, and I decided, ah, uh, no. Yeah. I want to keep them home. <laughs> we don't have quite the athletic population at our side, but no, right. We can still utilize them a little bit. Yeah. No, oh. they're great for a lot of different things, though. Even with the population that we work with. But, yeah, um, they are. You can do some some lower level stuff, and I'll even um, I work at a gym right now or out of a gym, and uh, I've done in services with the trainers to teach them proper form because, like anything, uh, kettlebell is a tool, and you can use a tool incorrectly, and you don't want to blame the tool if you do something. You know, you get an injury. Oh, kettlebell's bad, or barbell's bad, or this is no, it isn't. It's how you use it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so I want to make sure when our trainers are teaching somebody that they're using the proper technique and they know how how to do yeah. it. So there's a lot of people out there that are afraid of barbells. Yeah, they, you know, the barbells no good for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no bad uh, exercise. There's no bad piece of exercise equipment. It's just uh, doing them uh, in improper, improperly using improper form or not using them the way they're they're intended to be used uh is how people get hurt do you think do you think that uh people are um they tend to uh, uh avoid the technique or tend to get hurt more often because of uh they're so restricted with their motion or restricted <clears throat> with their technique due to the fear of the equipment or fear of the movement uh i don't i wouldn't say the fear only because i think if they use it they're not afraid of it right but i think the restrictions in in just for example one thing that's a pet peeve of mine is um a lot of people do that what they call it the american swing with the kettlebell now which is two hands on one kettlebell and they swing it all the way up over their head oh uh, yeah you know the problem with that there's probably a very small percentage of the population single digits that even has the ability with uh, thoracic mobility low back stability shoulder mobility uh, to be able to do that correctly so there's a lot of people that are doing that and they don't they don't even have the capabilities to do it and even if you have the capabilities to do it are you stabilizing your core enough you know yeah because once you get that overhead with two hands on the same kettlebell something's got to give 
Right. If your thoracic spine is not going to extend, well, guess where you're going to get it? Out of, in your low back. Right. And guess what you're going to hurt? Right. You know, uh, I had a friend who, uh, a PTA I used to work with years ago. I used to work for the Army, uh, ran a clinic there for five years. And um, he hated kettlebells, he told me, because he said they hurt his back and he couldn't do the swing. And I said, well, let me look at your form. And I, I couldn't stop him soon enough <laughs> because his form was terrible. You know, and I said, well, the reason you hurt your back is because you're doing it wrong. I showed him how to do it correctly once he caught on. And this kid was a high-level athlete. He was, uh, he used to do uh, hella boarding, he called Ooh. it. Yeah, where they dropped him out of a helicopter yeah. and he'd go down. You know, he would do, you know, rock climbing. He was a D1 wrestler in college. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So this kid was, he was an athlete, you know. Right. Uh, but he tore his back up, you know, by doing a lot of the stuff he did. And once I showed him the correct form and he got it down he loved the kettlebell swing i couldn't he did he overdid it to the point Ooh. he just because he felt better after doing it sure so he took one exercise that he hated because he hurt himself doing it or it hurt his back once he learned how to do it right it actually made his back feel better yeah you know what i mean and this is the whole point of learning how to do it right and you know most well, perfect people, practice makes perfect right yes exactly yeah yeah but as far as the american <clears throat> swing is concerned i haven't seen it and, you know, I, I use kettlebells myself, but is that even functionally relevant, going above your head with two hands like that? Yeah, well, what they say from what I hear, from what people say that do it, they say, wow, you have to use more force to get the kettlebell up, but then you also have to use a lighter weight. Yeah, but uh, what about momentum? The momentum's going to pull them up there. A lot, well, once you get to a certain point, you, yeah. gotta, you have to use more arms to get it up overhead, where a kettlebell swing, the Russian swing, which is the standard swing, is more just, it's all hips. Right. There's no arms. Once you get up there, your arms sort of float for a second, and then it starts to come down. Then you use your lats to drive it down, and hips throw it up. <clears throat> if you want to go overhead and you want that extra work, well, why not just do a snatch, which is one-handed. That's one -handed. my question. That's my point. Exactly. So you can do the snatch, and, and then because it's only one hand on the bell, it allows for more rotation of the thoracic right. spine, which two hands on the bell do not allow for the rotation of the right. thoracic spine. And that's where the injuries start coming into play because right. people can't do it. And then they force it back there. So they're either going to injure their shoulder, their neck, or their low back. That's what but I'm trying to relate it to function. So I'm thinking about what functional purpose would you, what task would you use that American swing for? Maybe, let's say maybe you're uh, picking up a tire or a log from the uh, long side, but that's more of like a clean and jerk. It's not yeah, an American exactly. swing. Yeah, that would and be so more, yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me why you, that would even be something you'd be interested in doing considering the functional relevance. You know, we, we try to, my, I say this all the time, we try to Americanize things. Yeah. Which we take something that works really well and let's, let's do something crazy with it because see, now it's harder. Look at this. Look what I did. We changed it. You know, yeah. it, why? You don't need, sometimes things just work. They're fine. Okay. You know, I mean, you don't need to, like I said, you have the, to go all the way overhead. We have the snatch. If you, you want, you want to do heavier weight, do very heavy swings, you know, normal Russian swings. Mm -hmm. And you can build a lot of cardio, a lot of strength. Mm -hmm. Believe me, there can be a lot of work. You take a, you know, a uh, hundred pound kettlebell. 
Yeah. You know? And and do Ooh. swings with that. You're going to work. Well, not even 100 yeah. pounds. I mean, 45 is good enough for me, you know? I mean. Well, yeah. No, no, that's a great weight. I mean, 100 but, pounds. I mean. Yeah. But if you're doing two-handed yeah. you two swings, you want to work power. And, and this is the thing. It's like everything has its place, you know? I'm not against any other kind. I, I mix and match my workouts, but. Um, but I think the single arm is like, like you said, it allows for more rotation. Yeah. Not just within your spine, but through the hips as well. Yeah. And it works core, you know, two yeah. hands, you, you work a lot yeah. of core with, with the kettlebells, but uh, I think you get more bang for your buck. Yeah. In other words, I do. I think it's more functionally relevant and I think you yeah. get more bang for your buck. Yeah. The one hand you work more rotational, mm -hmm. you know, or yeah. even anti-rotational, uh, forces. So another way to work core. So has anybody, uh, done the American swing and let go of the weight when it was up top. Oh, I, I don't know. Not <laughs> gotta, I gotta believe it happens. Uh, I mean, not. I'm sure. Uh, so I, I'll say I. Hugh told me. I told him that I was doing them, and I said, "Oh, I'm doing this, that, and overhead with two hands." He goes, "Don't ever do overhead with two hands." I'm like, "Oh, yeah. okay." And I kind of almost innately knew that I shouldn't do that, but I saw it on TV, and I'm like, "Well, that looks cool." <laughs> <laughs> um, but so then, obviously, I stopped. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty good to know, and I can see how that now would would affect the back and and lead to some injuries. Oh sure. But I've also felt with with the two hands going overhead, almost that I almost lost control of it going backwards behind me. And that could happen too. Yeah. Uh, it's so much force. Yeah, yeah. you got to slow it down and stop it overhead before it goes. Yeah, I would. I just know. don't think there's any functional relevance with that really at it's, all. It's, so it's yeah. Why do it if I'm gonna put two hands above me on one? tool mm -hmm. i'm gonna probably be working on, on driving down which is mm -hmm. more consistent of like pulling yeah. it down or throwing an axe down or yeah you know a ball where you're driving you're, you're but it's completely the opposite you're driving mm -hmm. it down as opposed to you know driving it upward and holding on for dear yeah. life you know well, at but, the time as with many many people i wasn't thinking about functional relevance yeah you know at that i was thinking I was getting into it. Like I, I really enjoyed picking them up and using them and swinging them. And it was just like, what else can I do? What else can I do? Mm. And just, I was just having fun and, you know, forgetting about the functional relevance of exercise and what I was doing. Mm. So I think, I think that's, well, I, I, I'm probably nerding out a little bit with functional relevance, but a little bit. I might be, but I mean, when it comes to exercise, I think that it should be, it is important. I think if you're, I think if you're exercising or if you're just being physically active, Everything comes with a risk, for sure. But you walk away from that exercise with lower risk, okay, for injury, and you have more freedom of motion, and you have more power, agility, strength, whatever it is. An exercise like that, uh, I don't see where the gains, what the gains are going to be, or what the gains would be if, if there are gains, what they would be used for, outside of the uh, cost-benefit ratio of injury. But let me ask you this, you know, you've done the uh, a functional movement screen, mm -hmm. you know, for a long time. Do you, are you, how do you feel about doing the two-handed, uh, the overhead squat as far as a screening tool? I know they've talked about taking that away or modifying yeah. it. Well, the overhead squat, I got to remember, it's just a screening tool. It's right. not something that they're, like, you're not supposed to exercise any of the screens. Like, right. you're not supposed to work on... On it's it's the the overhead squats a great general assessment. If you do good on the overhead squat, even mm -hmm. a two, you know, on the on the FMS score, you can say, oh, they're going to do well overall with the screen. I see. You know what I mean. So it's just a screen to what they found when they were um, 
uh, I don't know if I can use names of these guys who. No, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> but uh, but again, not my thing. But this is what when I took the certifications, you know, they say that originally uh, people would do bad in the overhead squat and they would work the squat, work the squat, work mm -hmm. the squat. And what they found is they never got any better. It's like banging their heads against the wall. Right. Then what they would say, well, you know what? Let's get away from the squat and let's work on core strength or you know, uh, mobility training. Mm -hmm. And then when that section of the screen got better, and then they went back and retested the squat, all of a sudden their squat got better. Yeah. You know, so it, it's, and that, that's the thing. It's like you stay away from the, sometimes the big three, and mm -hmm. you work on the smaller parts, you know, you work on, and the big ones to work on is, you know, core, mobility, sure. things like that. Uh, what I've kind of found in, with therapy and using the, the FMS, it's, it's a lot in the hips. Oh, yeah. Hips are huge. Good hips, grief. thoracic spine, and this is the stuff a lot of people stay away from. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, let's mobilize the low back. Let's, you know, you know right. core strength thing, which is great too, but it's like, look at the hips. If they don't have good hip mobility, mm -hmm. if they don't have good thoracic mobility, uh, really nothing else works. Those are kind of yeah. your linchpins. And they're know? general patterns that you see in almost everybody. Yep. But, uh, you know, you certainly do see like Olympic lifters and even CrossFit, you know, individuals. They do overhead squats. Yeah. They train their overhead squats. And again, my thought is, what is the functional relevance? What are you, and what's the risk for injury there too? Yeah. I mean, especially if they're restricted. Yeah. A lot of stuff like, you know, like with CrossFit and stuff, it seems like you're just training exercise to get better at exercise. That's right. And, and like what you said, functional relevance, uh, again, another, this is a master, uh, well, he was a master RKC guy. Uh, he was a master strong first guy too, uh, um, you know, under Pavel, and he followed him with that initially. Now he's kind of on his own. And again, I'm not to use his name just because whatever. But um, I do a lot of I, I do a lot of his uh, programs, you know, with uh, with kettlebells, and I follow his stuff a lot. But one of the things he said is, you exercise should enhance your life. If you're so sore or injured after exercising that you can't move, mm -hmm. what good did it do you? Right. You want to be able to exercise so that you can move faster to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, your kid's getting sick and you got to grab them and, you know, get <laughs> right. them into no, the yeah. bathroom. Do you want to be, oh, hey, you know, wait, hold on. No, can't move that leg, you know, or my, you know, I just injured my back or my, you right. know, you want it to enhance your life. You want to move better. <laughs> Thinking right. of my powerlifting friend, he's, we're at a wedding, so he's dressed up and he drops something on the ground and he looks at it as well. Because that's going to stay on the floor. <laughs> Do I need that? <laughs> but yeah. that is something that we've we've been talking about lately, like the benefits of weight training uh, versus like calisthenics, and, mm -hmm. you know, parkour, and even kettlebells. We didn't really talk about kettlebells, but I, I think of kettlebells outside of the traditional weight training. Yeah, and I think with weight training, there's all these different versions of these different exercises because you're trying to isolate this and do this and that. I think it's fine, but what it does is it restricts your mobility, and you train yeah. that restriction. And then eventually down the road, you get injured. Like we said before earlier this week, there's not a bodybuilder alive, a powerlifter alive, Olympic lifter alive that doesn't have serious injuries. You said that this morning. I may have. <laughs> but but the point is, like, goes back to what he was saying, though. Like, you look at people who do, most of the people who do, like, kettlebells, they're, that's all they're doing. Or they're doing a lot of calisthenics. Even Pavel's talked about that before. He's doing like a minimalistic mm -hmm. uh, exercise with kettlebells and calisthenics. And the way he feels about it is that it just freezes motion, allows him to move, you know, with full range of motion, freedom of movement. 
and without you know risk of injuring himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? As opposed to somebody who deadlifts 300 pounds in the regular and then he goes over to you know pick up a sock from the ground and he throws his back out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does that make? I don't know. Does that make sense? It doesn't seem like that would be the case, but. Well, I think a lot of that, uh, too, it's like when you're deadlifting heavy weights or lifting heavy weights, you pay attention to your mechanics. Sure. Uh, when you go to pick a sock up off the ground, you don't pay attention to your mechanics. Is it you that I mean? or is it what we talked about earlier? Like when they're doing that deadlift, they think they need to lock their back out. They lock their facets to prevent spinal flexion, so they think. And then they go to they use, use that spinal flexion when they pick up a sock. And they don't have yeah. And they don't have it, right? Yeah. Well, then, it. yeah, that could be it too. Yeah, but uh, but like I said, I think like I said, when you're picking up a sock off the ground, do you think, oh, I got to brace myself? I got to use right the right mechanics? I've Should gotta. you have to? Well, no, you shouldn't have to necessarily. Yeah, okay. So yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. But it's like you, when you're lifting something heavy, you really focus on doing it right. You yeah. Know? Where when you're doing you when you're picking up a sock, you don't. But you're right, you should. And we've talked we talked about this before we started this, but the you have your spine is supposed to flex right there needs to be a curve right you know there you know your lordosis when you stand up in quote unquote good posture versus when you bend over to pick up a sock off the ground you should have a reversal of that curve right. if you don't that's a problem right you know exactly if, right. if you bend over so you do need that you exactly. know so but there needs to be control on that and a lot of times we get away from that i think we we're too busy trying to you know oh don't slouch don't slouch you need to slouch yeah exactly or you, you should be have, able to do yeah, both exactly. but that's what i'm saying like so if you're training yourself to restrict your spine to restrict that that spinal flexion now first of all if you're bending that low you're not going to prevent that spinal flexion that spinal mm-hmm. flexion is going to occur to some degree mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're just stressing other portions of your body like you talked about exactly and when you're so if you're training yourself that way okay what you're doing is you're you're locking your facets you're locking maybe locking your hips you're you're getting more of that uh, kyphosis from your uh, thoracic spine mm-hmm. and then when you go to pick up that sock from the ground that musculature that myofascial tissue ligaments whatever hasn't been expressed so when you ask for it to be pliable or extensible and to initiate like a contraction it's not used to doing that cuz mm-hmm. you trained it not to do that and then all of a sudden you hurt yourself yeah right well that's yeah that's a good and then and then we blame it on a disc or but 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 the the reality of it is and i was talking about this in the residency was if you look at like a 3d model of the spine there's three different layers of the thoracolumbar fascia there's the psoas you have the quadratus lumbar they all attach to your disc to your vertebrae to your facet joints to the ligaments it's never just one thing. So if all you're using is the passive elements of your spine because you have not trained yourself adequately and to pick up a sock, that passive element will eventually fail. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what you're saying. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. And you have to train both. And this is when you're training. And like I said, I, I love the kettlebells. I, I do a lot with kettlebells. But uh, I also do barbell stuff and dumbbell mm-hmm. stuff and bodyweight stuff. You know, uh, I try to get my workouts, you know, I try to break them up into, you know, different things where sometimes a body weight, you know, working on conditioning versus uh, sometimes just doing, you know, barbell stuff for more power, right? you know, because you want to build that strength. And then the kettlebell stuff is more explosion, you know, mm-hmm. and athleticism, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you combine them both and you hit mm-hmm. from all angles as opposed to, you know, I... It, I, I read this one blog some years ago, and I don't remember the guy, but he was he was uh, hated kettlebells, and he said they're the worst thing in the world, and the only 
the only thing he said was um, that my grandmother could do a goblet squat. So because a goblet squat is a relatively easy exercise, um, kettlebells are terrible. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I, really? Okay. Yeah, and that's fine. Anyone could do a goblet squat, but goblet squats are there more for, you know, mobility training, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. before you do a heavy, you know, barbell squat, you know, mm -hmm. or even a deadlift, you know, a proper deadlift form or uh, a double mm -hmm. kettlebell squat, front squat where you can use heavy weights, you know, now you can start <laughs> loading weight up, you know, um, you have to have the proper form. So let's get that form with the goblet squat, you know, so mm -hmm. someone that cannot squat properly, you know, before I do squat workouts, I'll do goblet squats, I'll get down, I'll do three to five to loosen the hips up, mm -hmm. you know, drop down, pry the hips open, mm -hmm. you know, get feel loose, you know, that's 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 what it is right yeah it's okay. not just just a technique you're just loosening your body up loosen your body. so you yeah. can go through the range of motion with freedom yeah and not restrict yourself and hurt yourself yeah and for some people right. the goblet squat might be enough you know mm -hmm. you get because you could still use you know a heavy kettlebell or dumbbell uh do a goblet squat and that that might be enough for someone that can't lift real heavy weights and that's fine but then once you get beyond that you, like i said you can go to the um you know, barbell and yeah, start but, loading real heavy weight up or, or but people who speak to that kind of stuff that talk about how terrible something is like, cause, cause you hear that with bands too. Mm. Bands are awful and chains mm. are awful. I really just don't, I think they're ignorant to, yes. to what the purpose of yeah. those tools are. Yeah. And if you know, first of all, you don't need a bunch of tools, but if you know what that tool has to offer versus this tool, this tool, this tool, it does change your approach. Mm. I have a question for you. Have you experimented with the speed of movement? Like, uh, are you working with like eccentrics? Are you doing slow mm -hmm. concentrics? Do you do a lot no. of isometrics as well? Uh, I, well, like with patients, I might do so. I haven't really done, I have in the past done isometric work, uh, slow work, fast work. Yeah. There's, you know, you, you got to train for what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, you know, there was, uh, actually this is, story my uh my brother was going to pt school and he called me because he had a question him and his ci he was a student were stumped on a kid uh who had a shoulder problem and this kid was i think he was 18 17 18 years old um i think he was 18 but he was he had a scholarship to i think clemson if i'm not mistaken oh but he had for pitching for yeah. baseball oh really okay so he he threw the ball like 100 miles an hour Mm -hmm. Okay, and he would complain of shoulder problem when he pitched. Mm -hmm. Well, they did all the typical tests, you know, that we do, the resisted testing, pop, no problem, no problem, no problem. Well, you get a look at this kid. He's a high-level athlete. Mm -hmm. He throws the ball really fast, 100 miles an hour. I go, you, you can't reproduce the symptoms. That's right. You know what I mean? So what you might want to do is get a band and have him do a few very fast reps, you mm -hmm. know, tie a band to the wall and just have him pull. Oh, there, now it's coming on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Watch his mechanics as he's going through the speed of his motion, mm -hmm. because that's where he hurts himself. He, he's strong enough. He can go through the motion slow and control it. It's when he's throwing the ball a hundred miles an hour, you know, where he loses it. Right. And so he's probably impinging. Again, I, I was just over the phone, but I'm like, why don't you check high speed and check him there? Cause it almost sounds obvious. Yeah, no, it is. I, mean, I would have stuck a baseball in his hand and said, here, throw it. And, and watch his mechanics. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, we don't, a lot of times we let the simple go. We try to complicate things. Yeah. Yes. Life is a lot simpler. Yes. You know, and, and, yes. and well, manual muscle tested him. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, at slow speed, this kid's a, a D1 athlete, you know? Uh, yeah, but it's, it's common sense. It's common sense. Yeah. It's it's about being simplistic. We talked about this before with society and stuff like that. By trying to do things better, we try to complicate things, and what that does mm-hmm. is just messes things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, simplicity is really probably the better form. And I tell my students and my residents, a big lesson I've learned is usually less is more. Yes, it really is. is. Less is more most of the time because <laughs> we overcomplicate. We try to get things, make them harder than they need to be. Yes. You know? Why? Why do we do that? Sometimes I think because we want to make us sound like we're smarter, like we know more, or we're whatever. I don't. That's my guess. I think it's human nature to think more is better. Yeah. Well, that's true too. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It, whatever it is, it's like doing the the uh, American swing. You know. Uh, oh, if I go higher, then it's better. Right. Right. Not necessarily. Good. All the way must be better. Yeah. Not not hmm. necessarily. It's like I said. I'll uh, I'll give you a heavier kettlebell and show you how to do it the right way, and I get I guarantee you I'll make you work hard. Yeah, you get more, and and you're not going to hurt yourself. Right. So I can't tell you, and I'm just as guilty as everybody else. I can't tell you how many times I've hurt myself in the gym, my own fault. Yeah. Trying to get, oh, you know what? I'm on rep, you know, seven, and I want to get ten. Why is ten the magic number? You know, that's <laughs> another issue that I have. But you know. I try to do that one extra rep. Mm-hmm. Oh, something popped in my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Now I can't lift for three months because I'm injured. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. this is what, why is more better? So mm-hmm. If I didn't do that one more rep, look at how many reps I lost Yeah, in the recovery mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, a lot of injuries because we do, we try to do that one extra thing. Well, you spoke to this, people. you spoke to this before where you talked about like, you know, if you end up hurting yourself and you're not frequently and consistently using your body, you haven't done your body any good. Yeah. Even though you exactly. try to do more. And I tell I tell my patients, you know, we've gone so far, you know, the pendulum always swings to the extremes. Before it was like, oh, stay in bed, get some rest, mm-hmm. don't move, do this, you know. Now we've gone to the point where I've heard, you know, people from CEU courses say, if they're in here for their shoulder, I want them to leave knowing like their sh- they can barely pick up their shoulder because they worked so hard. Mm. They've developed it. They've used the tissue that we're trying to like recover and heal. And I'm like, but what are they going to be like the next day or the day after or the day after yeah. that? Are they going to be able to use it? And if they don't know how to use it, if they can't use it because it's too sore because you work them out, mm-hmm. then how? Where, where's the frequent and consistent use? Yeah. Now you, they, they may even be worse because now they're afraid to move because they, they don't want to get sore. They don't want to do any more therapy because they got sore. And they're not frequently expressing that tissue, which is what really heals the tissue or develops it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and sometimes you have to work away Crazy. from the, the 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 shoulder, for example. You know, oh, sure. like yeah. I said, why did why did they hurt their shoulder? Find out. Yeah. You know, was it again? Is the thoracic spine not extending? Right. Is that why? You know, going up overhead because they have terrible mobility and then they're not able to exactly. You know, extend through the thoracic spine. So maybe you need to work on that. Yeah, you may know? not even be that. Yeah, yeah. That's why so. we we have the patient one that we've been working with for months and months and months on his arm and his shoulder and his strength and reaching, reaching, reaching. He still can't reach. He's getting better, but finally it came to the point. I'm like, you know, the guy can barely get out of his chair. He's he almost falls over mm-hmm. three times before we get from the lobby to the back. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe we should start working on his balance. Mm-hmm. Start yeah. trying to get his balance better. Leave the shoulder alone for a while. Mm-hmm. See if we can't stabilize the rest of his body, stabilize his hips and his trunk, his pelvis and his trunk, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll see some flow of carryover into the shoulder. We did some balance treatments with him, mm-hmm. and 
his shoulder does seem to be doing a little better. His reach is a little better. Well, sometimes it's, again, and I'll take core and balance together. It's, uh, you know, if you if you don't have a good base to work from, your shoulder's never going to get mm-hmm. better. You mm-hmm. know, so you have to have that core stability to stabilize so he can move the shoulder well. And if he doesn't have good balance, he doesn't have a good base. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, definitely. Uh, there was a girl I worked with uh, years ago. Now she was, her thing was balanced vestibular. That was her stuff. But she would always say, and she worked mostly with elderly, like really compromised patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she would say, uh, look at what's going to kill this person. And that's what you should treat. Mm-hmm. And again, if their balance is bad and they're going to fall, I don't care about their shoulder because they're going to fall down, break a hip, break their right. shoulder, crack their head, dead. get pneumonia, die, you know, yep. fix the thing that's going to kill them. And, you know, that was pretty extreme when she said that, that's, sure. that's her quote, but, but what's their biggest problem? Mm-hmm. And it's funny as you see a lot of these things, um, like I said, getting at the, the FMS and the SFMA and, and a lot of this, this other stuff, it, it comes down to, comes down to core, comes down to hips. So when you, know, you say it comes down to balance, when you say core, what do you speak to? I'm talking about everything from the shoulders down to the knees. I mean, of course, your, your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes, your abs, your back, are all about your lats are all part of your core. So how do you identify? I mean, how do you define it to somebody besides what you just said? Because uh, you're not giving the traditional core. Well, core Definition. everyone thinks of abs, right? And it's not abs. It's 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 your stability muscles. It's like it's your foundation. It's what allows you to move. You know, like if you're going to build a, a house on a swamp or build your house on a you know a granite slab. Well, I don't care how good the house is you built on a swamp, it's going to sink. You know, mm. you got to have that that foundation, that base, the, the things that your extremities attach to have mm-hmm. to be strong. So you're talking about proximal stability for distal mobility. Yes. Now, I go back, when I think of the definition of core, from what I learned, was transverse abdominis, diaphragm, multi- I'm being specific to yeah, the back, I know. I know. multifidus <clears throat> and pelvic floor, right? Your inner core. But I've moved away from that. And the reason is because the literature just hasn't panned out on, on that. You know, trying to get them to activate and segmentally move through their multifidus doesn't show any weight. Mm-hmm. Developing the transverse abdominis, doesn't necessarily improve their functional ability, even though you may have caused some hypertrophy. Yeah. Okay. Or decreased fatty deposition. But the point is, I, I'm more along the lines of that definition, where it's uh, it's everything. It's everything. It's 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 not just the transverse abdominis per se. It's the coordination of all the tissues within that area to work in a fluid manner without restrictive motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they efficient. I, yeah, I've never been big on the transverse abdominis isolation stuff uh, ever. And I know PT schools have gotten you know all they talk about is TA contraction, TA contraction. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, when you contract your TA uh, I, in isolation, uh, nobody ever does that in no. real life. No. You know, nobody. No. Uh, tell me one person that ever does anything functionally. Picking up a heavy box, picking up their kid, right. carrying groceries. Oh wait, I got to contract my TA. It, it's like. 
And no, again, no, no, no. It's not T-A. It's T-R-A. T- oh, sorry. Yeah, come T-R-A. on now, man. Sorry, you got to be sorry. new age here. Uh, see, I'm old. I'm <laughs> yeah. old school. I'm <laughs> well, old and Transverse. Old it's not tibialis uh, anterior. Uh, whatever. So <laughs> I tell you, I don't do it. So I don't know. I don't yeah. use any of the terms. So I don't. I, I don't. It, I, well, yeah. And that I, shit I about right. like, you know, you got a grape on your belly or it's a pelvic clock or <laughs> there's a jelly bean on your pelvis. Oh man, come yeah. on, give me a break. It, Just fucking move. Exactly. You got to move and you got to move. Well. Sometimes it's good to understand, you know, like I'll always go over with people. Um, when I start core stuff, I will teach them glute squeezes and pelvic tilts uh, in different positions. And I'm not looking, all I'm looking for them to do is see, is to feel how they move, how when mm. they contract one muscle, you know, when you do a glute squeeze, you should feel yourself going into a little bit of a posterior pelvic tilt. Mm-hmm. You know, if your knees are straight, it's not going to move as easily. Your knees are bent. It's a little harder to squeeze the glutes because you're not at a mechanical advantage, but you'll feel more motion in the pelvis. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, when I squeeze my glutes, my back moves this way. Mm-hmm. That's all I want them to do is understand that. Like when you do one thing, there's a consequence to it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it, you might, you know, consequence isn't good or bad. It just is. So if you want to move into a posterior pelvic tilt, mm-hmm. hey, if you squeeze your glutes, that's going to help you. You know what I mean? If you want to go into your toe, so maybe don't squeeze your glutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's understanding your body. And so yeah. many of us don't understand how our body moves. That's right. We so I was going to say the patient that says, well, how do I squeeze the glutes? Am I squeezing them? No, you, you did nothing. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to do that. And it's it, and then they fart. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want that. Then they shit their pants. Oh, <laughs> and you say, well, if you would have squeezed your glutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when we send the other room for our pelvic health. So, yeah, pelvic pelvic right. floor. Yeah. All right. Well, but when you get someone like, you know, it's a difference between doing, you know, uh, work on, you know, machines versus mm. doing barbell work versus yeah. dumbbell work. You know, this, the, doing the, you know, the TRA contraction is kind of like working on the machines. You're isolating the muscle mm-hmm. in and of itself and you're not working everything around it. Barbell's a little better. But you're also with that TRA contraction or that machine work, you're restricting your motion for the... Yeah. For the thought of being safe. Yes. And in reality, that restricted motion yeah. is what harms you down the road, in my opinion. It, yeah, and it definitely could. Yeah. But but like I said, as you get into more like, say, the other stream of the dumbbell work, that mm-hmm. allows full freedom of motion. Yeah. And you have to stabilize. I mean, doing a, you know, holding a, uh, I like the kettlebell because, again, it's off balance versus a dumbbell, but yeah. doing a an overhead carry, one hand carry, guess mm-hmm. what? That's working your core. Mm-hmm. That's working everything. Oh yeah, no lost. You know, but if you if you work your uh, oh shoot, because I mean, I <laughs> no, that's right. I was wondering if you had a chick in your pocket. <laughs> I was like you devil. Oh yeah. You know, she hot? No, yeah, she sounded know. hot. Sounds European. I had the uh, oh. GPS to get here, and it, I maybe just didn't shut it off. Do you use the Australian voice for Not Siri? Sure. Whatever the hell. I don't have Siri. I have uh, oh, I got uh, Samsung. Okay, uh, so it, is it an Australian voice that she gives you? Whoever the hell that was. I think it was Australian. Wasn't it? Oh, is it? Sounded it? A little well, bit. I mean, does I, your does your voice ever change? Like depending on what part of town you go through? No, not that I'm aware. Of. <laughs> my my voice has changed. I'll be driving really? and it'll give me one voice, and then all of a sudden I'll get a different voice. I'm like, who is that? Hmm. Where? What is this? So you get like a Pakistanian voice if you're going through a certain neighborhood, <laughs> maybe, or an Irish, maybe. They say, turn yeah, the yeah, fuck yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't have the voices on. It's I, alarming. Yeah. It's alarming? Yeah. They're like, stop. Where the fuck are you going? Turn around. And yeah. the, the Australian chick's like, please make a roundabout. Yeah. You know, I wish I could do the dialects, but there's no fucking way. And I don't <sighs> sound like a chick. But, you know, 
I want the hot chick's voice. That's all I want. There you go. I want her to like but distract she, you. Yeah, and trying. before she tells me what to do, I want her to like say something sexy or sultry. You know, that should be a thing. It should be. They, a thing. they should. They, maybe we could do that. They're like, they're like, hey, I noticed you from across the car seat. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like the way those biceps look in that shirt. I noticed you turn driving down my street. Mm-hmm. You should make a turn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Talking about dumbbells well, and I want to get to the point here. So, you know, we're sitting here. We're treating this patient. Patient is status post-rotator cuff repair. We can talk about the core all day long. The, the fact of the matter is the core is a whole part of your body. And if you really want to dissect it and get like local and whatnot, blah, blah, okay, fine. There's a core for the shoulder, core for the knee, core for the, if that's the way you want to go. We have this patient. This patient is complaining of, uh, of shoulder pain over and over and over. Can't sleep, can't sleep. And it just occurred to me, you know, we're working the uh, stabilizer of the shoulder, stabilizers of the shoulder, the rotator cuff. Looks pretty damn good. You know, but what's not looking good? Well, it's not the uh, upper trapezius and the supraspinatus. Supraspinatus was strong in isolation, but in uh, collaboration with the upper trapezius, it didn't look good at all. So what we did was we just did a lot of the eccentric work and slow concentric work to the upper trapezius and the supraspinatus, and it turned that patient around. It was amazing. But in therapy, you know, the standard of care for an upper trap, you know, is usually it's hyperactive or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's tight. I hate those definitions because they're not, they don't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And so what do we got to do? Massage them and stretch them. Turn them off. Turn them off. Stop using your upper trap when you reach up, you know, into a cabinet. It's like, well, maybe that's all they got. You know, maybe they don't have the freedom of motion to utilize that upper trap in a responsible way. So, you know, from my point of view, I think that we tend to overcomplicate it and go back to the simplicity model that you're talking about. Hey, if your problem is carrying your child, you know, on your shoulder when you're at a park, maybe carry a kettlebell on your shoulder at a park. Start from there, you know? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, you got to just work the, the, the activity, I mean, that you want to do. It's, uh, it, you know, if you want to get better at running, you got to run. You can't put ultrasound on them. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, uh, I, a friend of mine, I was talking to him about. Uh, he was training on a treadmill for a ten mile race. This is like a hundred years ago. But um, I told him you better get off the treadmill and start running because you're not working your posterior mm-hmm. side. You know, you you need to use the treadmills doing half the work for you. I hate treadmills. I'll get into a treadmill rant. Uh, that'll no go go tra- go. <laughs> so no, but but. Uh, he, I don't think he really believed me, but he read this article, this, uh, <laughs> this later and he sent it to me. This is, again, this was a long time ago, but this, uh, I think she was an MD somewhere. I can't remember. Australian? No, nah, I, I don't remember where, but she said she was having trouble hiking with her friends. She'd go out hiking and, and, uh, couldn't keep up. And she'd have to rest and stop. They'd always have to wait for her. And she was like, well, I'm going to stop hiking and I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out and get better. And this is back in the days when the Stairmaster was the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the big, you know, fad at that time. So she got in the Stairmaster and she started in the Stairmaster. She couldn't do it. She had, uh, you know, she level one, huffing, puffing. She couldn't last five minutes. Well, she built up her endurance. She was at whatever, level 10 or whatever the top level is. She'd do it for an hour. Mm-hmm. And she, she's like, look at how great my endurance is. And she went back out hiking with her friends saying, I'm going to show them. And guess what? Couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. 
Yeah. They had to wait for her. She was out of breath. And the conclusion is to get better at hiking. Guess what you got to do? Hike. Hike. Yeah. <laughs> right? You right. got to get better. If she spent all that time instead of going to the gym and on the Stairmaster, uh, she went out hiking, she would have got better at hiking. And yeah. But it's you got to train for your sport, basically, or train for your activity. Uh, you know, you got to, you know, the extra stuff is great, but. If you want to get better at something, you need to work at that. And that's specificity. And that goes back to what you talked mm -hmm. about. It's not just specificity in training, but specificity in testing. If you're taking an athlete, a D1 you know, pitcher who throws 100 miles an hour and they're hurting their shoulder, and you're testing them isometrically yeah. you know, for external rotation and neutral, well, no yeah. wonder why you're not going to find a damn problem. You're not being specific to the kid's needs. Exactly. If you yeah. have their arm down low, check an yeah. internal external rotation like yeah. we do. Oh, it doesn't hurt. Well, yeah, but. It never hurts him down there. Right. It hurts him up here. Right. You know? Exactly. It hurts him up here when he's throwing, throwing. it. <laughs> when he's cranking on it. Faster than I could ever throw a ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you know, there's a thing you have to put them in there, mm -hmm. you know, in the situation. And, and sometimes we just don't think of that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you're right, though. I think we make it too complicated. Yeah. And then we're so, all guilty of it. You know, I'm sure I do the same thing, too. But So you're you're – are you doing any kettlebell instruction? Uh, you know, I don't – I really learn the kettlebells for me and I'll do, I'll teach some of my patients. That's you know, very so. selfish of you to <laughs> keep it to yourself. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll teach, uh, I don't do it. Like I don't have a, um, I'll teach anybody. I'm going to teach. Yeah. Joe. So I asked him here today. today. It was like, so, uh, I was, I was going to go to him after and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why don't we bring him over and talk? Yeah. yeah. That'll, be, that'll be good. I think we should have you do the American swing first. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what you shouldn't do. Well, guess what? My shoulder, my thoracic spine, I already feel is stiff and tight. It's not been as bad lately, but mm -hmm. my low back has also been giving me trouble. I'm on bench press IR right now. Yeah. So so I think it's a perfect yeah. situation. You should do the American swing later. We'll that's see what happens. Well. Yeah, exactly. We're going to throw it out, throw it out. <laughs> All right. But, so but I have trained people. Like they, if they contact me through you know the rkc site and actually i'm not even sure my rkc may have expired I, I i think it may have expired a year ago i think it was during COVID, and i never got it Ooh. renewed which i don't know if i'm going to because i i don't like it's not i'm not a personal trainer and i don't mm -hmm. that's not what i do for money i did it so i could do the exercise correctly for myself i have had over the years a few people contact me and i'll do one-on-ones you know i'm more teaching people technique as mm -hmm. opposed to running them through an exercise program, you know, that I want to make yeah. sure you do it right. Then I'll give you examples of what you could do exercise wise, but yeah. you do your own or you do whatever. I'll show you how to do it. Make sure you know how to do it. Do like you make I'll, your patients do get ups, Turkish get ups? Sometimes. Oh, oh yeah. man. Oh yeah. Depends right. on the patient, you know, oh, I've had, you know, firemen, police officers, and guess what? They have oh, to be yeah. pretty high level. Yeah. You know, some guys that are, that are higher level athletes, I'll show them get up. Sure. Mm -hmm. why not? You know, yeah. I think that's well, great. Turkish get-ups, man, they're, they're, they, they, they're yeah. awesome. But they, yeah, yeah love-hate relationship with those things. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I look down, I'm like, oh. Turkish I haven't learned to hate them yet, but I mean, you know, I don't know. I've it's been a, doing them a little a, bit. It's a great exercise, but some days you're just like, I don't want to get down on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to mm -hmm. lift this thing. But it's, it's an awesome, it's, and it's, again, functionally relevant. You know, especially yeah. if you're talking about a cop who's wrestling around, wrestling around with something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very functionally relevant. Yeah. Soul body movement. Yeah, you know? well, you probably use that a lot when you're uh, when you're rolling too, right? The Turkish getup is probably well, all of it's probably extremely specific to your knees and jujitsu. Well, with that, it is because what what I've kind of found with that, um, 
every time years ago I would take uh, a lot of private lessons. I went to uh, um, was she you know, Australian? My, my class? No, she wasn't. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Uh, who's with you in Australia today? Uh, uh, she doesn't have to be Australian. She can be in New Zealand too, so, like a Kiwi. But the uh, but it's you. like every time I had trouble with something, you know, I, if I had problem in in class and I went had my private lesson, I'd be, you know, like I'm just having trouble with this. It all came back to hips, mm. and I'm like, hmm, kettlebell swings, hips. It's all uh, hips. Wait a minute, man. Are and, you are you a are you a pelvic, uh, you know, asymmetry kind of guy? No. You know, sacrum's out. No, no pelvis no, is rotated. Not Absolutely not. No, 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 no. It doesn't say it can't happen, but uh, it's very, very rare, uh, in my opinion. I think it's rare, and I think it's, I think that it's bullshit that we keep advocating for something that has very little evidence. Yeah, well, some, or no evidence actually. I don't do, think there is any evidence for it. Yeah, I did uh, a couple year-long courses with um, under Olaf Eviant. Um, when I was out in California and met him, he, well, I mean, he's passed now, but great guy, uh, uh, funny, but he's like the man, you know, one of the guys that developed, uh, between him and Colin Bourne and stuff and, you know, a lot of development with therapy, but he, um, he's always saying, you know, thinking therapist, that's what mm -hmm. I want, thinking therapist. And he, he didn't want to show you, um, a lot of techniques. He wanted to show you teach you the biomechanics, mm -hmm. understand how the body works, you know, and then you can figure the techniques out yourself. Right. Really, most of them. But he wants you to think. Um, but uh, I'm not sure where I was going with that. You were talking about, we were talking about public health. Oh, the pelvic, oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I just, I'm just a therapist. I don't think that, I, I just don't see the model where the pelvis is rotating. I don't understand why a PT yeah. has to stick their finger up someone's ass. <laughs> well. To, like mobilize them. Mobilize yeah. them. Well, they're, I mean, I think for pelvic floor stuff, I, that's not my deal. I don't do that. But mm. but but one of the things that you know they would say there too, um, uh, with the like the the pelvic the mobility, um, you're. Oh my god! You got me off track again. I, I, I do that very well. Yeah. So you say we're talking <laughs> about the pelvic floor. Well, we're talking about yeah, you know, people who like you know, oh, you're ro you're anteriorly rotated oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah, this okay. side. Yeah. So he was talking about Canadians. A Canadian therapist, their big thing is is uh, SI joint, SI SI SI. Okay. And with and again, this is from Olaf, not me, but he's saying you know the Canadian therapist, if they see one true SI joint that's out of place a year, that's Don't a miss lot. It. Oh really? He says that's a lot. Oh, it tr one true right. one. They right. try to find right. it all the time, and this is and that's kind of their thing. And this is you know every kind of like the Norwegians versus the Australians approach with therapy and the you know the Canadian model and all this stuff. It's like Canadians supposedly at least they used to be big into SI SI SI, and they're like in reality maybe if they see one a year, yeah, you know I I can tell you, and I've been working as a therapist for about twenty seven years now. I can tell you I. I think I definitely saw one in my entire career. Mm. Okay. And the only reason is I was testing for it. And I used to try to test a lot for it mm -hmm. a long yeah. time ago. We all do because we learned that. Yeah. The, you learned it in school. And I remember doing a, like a spring test and something cracked. And I tell you what, I almost cracked my pants because I thought I <laughs> broke this lady. It was so loud. But she came in the first day for her eval in a wheelchair because she could not walk. Mm -hmm. She was in so much pain. And whatever it was cracked. And then I'm like, okay, um, you know, let's see what's up. And she actually started to move a little better. I'm like, I, I kind of wrapped it up because I thought 
something might have been bad. I go, yeah. It's either going to be good or bad. Let me know. You're like, I Next broke time. her ass. Yeah, I think I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what the heck happened. But it was loud, almost like firecracker loud. Wow. And mm. uh, she walked in the next visit. Get out. Feeling awesome. Mm. And uh, I remember the receptionist when she came in, came back, that lady that was in the wheelchair, she's walking now. I think that was my only true SI joint that I saw in 27 years. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. a true SI will correct like that. Mm-hmm. You know? you Once you get it into place, you belt them, you let it heal, and that's it. You know, SI joints, and, and when they're really out, they're not walking. These people no. cannot move. I mean, it's usually okay. traumatic. It's it, usually it, a traumatic issue. Yeah, exactly. It's usually a fall or mm-hmm. pregnant women sometimes during, you know, when yeah, everything loosens up. I don't know up. how much I, I, I think, That's when it could happen because things are looser. Yeah. I think it's, I, I was listening to uh, Greg Lehman and uh, Adam Meekins, I believe it was them, and uh, they were talking about how the whole core thing with transversal dominus and pelvic floor you would expect that certain populations would be more vulnerable to those core issues and therefore pelvic issues as well, right? So who would you look to study? Pregnant women. And what you tend to find is, is that about six months after birth, their backs are they're no different than anybody else. They're not, they're not nearly as vulnerable. They're not vulnerable. Oh, yeah, once they're, they're not, done. Yeah. Exactly. But it's not even the act of pregnancy doesn't create a vulnerability to their pelvis nor to their core their so-called core. So the, the argument that that, the, that that's the tissue that fails and it can't recover or somebody keeps, you know, rotating in and out, you know, it, it's just a flawed way of thinking. And we, and to be honest with you, we don't have any evidence yeah. and the testing sucks. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, like Olaf used to say, if you do your SI tests and you have a hundred SI tests that say it's an SI joint problem, Mm-hmm. And if you do one test on the L5-S1 and you find that's a painful, it's L5-S1. It's not SI. Yeah. Because anytime you're testing SI, guess what? You're also moving. Exactly. It's L5-S1. Exactly. And I, I, I had a student a while ago, and, and um, he went through a uh, low back patient, and he's going through all these SI tests. You know, uh, he did like 10 of them. And I'm just letting him do what he does, you know, because sometimes you got to learn. Mm-hmm. And so he finished and he, he looked up at me and he says, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, what do you think? And he says, well, I'm thinking SI. I'm like, okay, uh, do me a favor. I go, check her L5S1 real quick for me. And he did. And pot, and then light goes, goes on. And I said, do not test SI until you clear L4, L5, and L5 and S1. Because if you don't clear them first, everything you're doing on the SI can flare up your L5, S1 and your right. L4, L5. So you're wasting your time. If you cleared L4, L5, you cleared L5, S1, and you know they're not a problem. Then if you test SI, oh, now again, now you might be able to say it's an SI problem. But he just wasted 15 minutes sure. doing all these tests because you didn't clear out the other thing first. Well, he also could have used the CPR to save him time as well, a clinical prediction rule, well, which yeah. I haven't seen a positive one. But they have them for a reason to increase your diagnostic utility and increase the likelihood for that issue. But anyway, let's go back to jujitsu. I'm tired of pelvics. All right. <laughs> yeah, we said we weren't going to talk about PT. Yeah, that's, oh, that's right. True, Damn it. That's, that's what true. I said at the beginning. I don't want to talk oh, about yeah. PT. Yeah. Why are we doing that? We roped them into it. But well, 
You did? So we blame it on you? Well, no, I said, I said, oh, did I say we or you? I said you. Uh, you roped him into it. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're, I, you're, yeah, you're the one that would get all technical yeah, with PT on it. my fault. You know, I, I would say, what are, you, what are you training for? Yeah, I want to hear more. What, about is, what are the, where are the kettlebells and the athleticism? Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. Uh, Jiu-jitsu, I've been, uh, well, training off and on for years. Just got back in a couple years ago, prior year before COVID started. And uh, kind of a sad situation when COVID started. Our instructor uh, left, went back to Brazil, and he hasn't been able to get back in. Ooh. This is the Brazilian uh, studio in Cape Coral that I've heard so much about. They're connected no. with the Gracies? Or? No, no, no. This is, uh, this is under uh, Damian Maia. Okay. And uh, my instructor trains with him. Uh, you know, back in Brazil, he's been got his black belt through him. Uh, so I was training down in Naples, actually. And mm. um, long story short, I uh, don't want to get into it, but he got in, went back to Brazil, and now he can't get back in the country. Um, he's working on it. It's just hard, and it's all COVID-related stuff. Um, so we're actually still training. We're training on, uh, uh, what is that, WhatsApp, you know, okay. video. So we're doing live training. Uh, so I actually matted out a room in my house, uh, you know, all mats, and I have a couple guys will come over and, and we'll train we're trying to we're trying to get our instructor back i'll help him get back and get a school started but um uh mark lafano is a trainer uh, another trainer that i work with and again um yeah that i train with him we're thinking of open up not so much a school but more of a jiu-jitsu club you know to start training uh we're trying to find a space to rent out that we can you know get people in there we're looking at a couple of different uh uh, venues right now uh where we can get some put some mats down and and uh you know work out with whoever you know is willing to come in and it's kind of more it won't be quite formal like a normal class would be it's just more hey you know let's work with each other and we're going to try to teach some stuff you know uh through our instructor so he's going to teach us what we can start teaching him and you know we're not looking to make any money off of it per se but what we're looking for is to pay whatever it is for the rent yeah you know we want to make enough to yeah. pay the rent we want to we have to buy mats we have to pay for the mats that we're like okay yeah, you want to keep this. the lights on and roll yeah, yeah exactly so you know we'll get that done and then anything else we make is going to go to get our to get ali back you know, okay. help. Now he's going to pay for the ticket bag and stuff, but to help him get his school started. Hopefully yeah. this will turn into a, a school and grow with him. So that's what we're kind of hoping. That's pretty neat. Uh, where that's going to. So you're having a great time. Oh, loving it. Yeah. It's and, just, uh, and you had mentioned earlier, you had, you're talking about a championship. Well, I'm trying to get back into competitions. Uh, I'm right now still a little bit overweight. Uh, uh, not in my quote unquote, you know, my fighting weight. <laughs> uh, so I didn't have another, uh, probably 30 pounds to go to get down to that. But, uh, I just been out of shape for so long and, you know, COVID did hit me on the weight side of it because, you know, I was still working technically, but you know, people are bringing mm. food. So I'm eating like yeah. four times a day, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, uh, and I had friends that would come over and use my pool, uh, cause they were stuck at home and, you know, so they, I get home from work and after eating all the time and then, you know, they're having beers. So I had a couple beers with them and then they'd bring me food over for, as a thank you for using the pool. I'm like, Jesus. That's awesome. So it's it like was great. Uh, yeah. oh, well, she, the, my buddy's wife would cook 
you know, these meals and oh, yeah. bring over stuff for me all the time. Pasta. So I just, yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. So I put on a few and, um, try to get them off. And how do you cut weight then? Like- I, I mostly work out, uh, you know, I'm trying to eat a little better. That's what I say. I'm far from a nutritionist, but yeah. you know, I'm eating, I'm drinking these, uh, I guess my own little smoothie things that I make up and, you know, I'll usually put in, depends on the liquid either, you know, like a muscle milk thing or some, you know, uh, meal replacement shakes and, you know, yogurt and so you usually know, work out powder. to use weight you work out to cut down on the weight yes you don't do like a vegan thing or cut back on the oh, hell no, or salt or thing no well i'm trying to cut down on the carbs a little bit but you need mm-hmm. your carbs for the, the the workouts i do are are pretty intense so mm-hmm. i need the carbs so yeah i'm not not really cutting carbs out definitely not going vegan i am trying to eat more vegetables because you know i'm the type of person that comes home from work and i'll eat a bag of chips for supper yeah, you know I mean, it's like because I'm just tired and and I just yeah. don't feel like cooking anything, you know. Right. But I've been prepping meals lately. That's yeah. what I've been trying to do. So it's like, okay, I got my. I don't have to cook it from scratch. I just, you know, chicken or steak or whatever, you know, and uh, just those frozen bags of vegetables, you know, mm-hmm. and and just nuke them real don't, quick. Don't cook them in the plastic. No, don't cook them in the plastic. Oh, yeah, sure. the steam, the plastic steamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, the, the plastic, <laughs> plastic in extreme conditions, like whether it's cold or hot, it'll right. leach into the food. Oh, okay, well. and it will reduce. It'll fuck up your hormones. It you know when you take in a certain amount of the uh, the plastics, the dioxins, dioxides, mm-hmm. those are related to cancer, and then the phthalates are yeah phthalates. They uh, reduce your sperm count. They cut back on your testosterone. They they mess up mm-hmm. with your hormonal system. So, for God's sake, don't. Cook shit and eat shit from hot plastic, especially okay. soft plastic. Well, typically, I'll I'll either use the steam bag vegetables. I'll throw it in a microwave, steam it. Yeah, so that's, that's plastic. I thought I was about to get excited, like, ha! I didn't do that last night. I took it out of the plastic bag and put it in a plastic bowl. It's a soft plastic. and microwaved it. Yeah. Well, I said the soft plastic. So the plastic. Well, even but just plastic in general. I mean, but okay. soft plastic it leaches a lot. I, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So just stay away, like yeah. you know, the okay. soft water bottles that are easily crinkle. You keep them in your car. You drink them. You know. After well, what about metal? I mean, if you're cooking in metal, does that not? Well, that yeah. Not happen? Well, that's the whole point behind like, uh, oh shit, the the um, cast iron skillets mm-hmm. is that the iron will leach, but the iron you can use from like you can absorb it and use it for um, your red blood cells and many other things. So I mean, okay. iron's iron, right? There's a, a ferrous and a. What if you're cooking with a lead? No. Well, you're not cooking. You're not cooking a lead, are you? No, I I don't know. I don't don't know what they put in the Teflon (laughs) stuff. Stop stop the plastic. Don't don't cook it. Yeah, that's it. There you go. I didn't. The steak sounds good, though. Oh yeah, steak. Uh, Right now, I get chicken, but I cooked a few chicken chicken. breasts up. I like all kinds of yeah, whatever turkey. But you sounds like you sound like you should go carnivore. Yeah, I'm pretty much carnivore. I should. Yeah, we should. But I'm trying to add vegetables into my diet. Because I don't eat a lot of vegetables, and it's not because I don't like them necessarily. I just don't. You need too lazy them. That's to the question. Them. Yeah, I That's buy vegetables, I put them in my fridge, and then they rot, and I throw them away. <laughs> it's like I should just buy them and just throw them in the trash. Because that's yeah. what ends up happening. Why not buy them and put them in the freezer, uh, and then just take they them out of the freezer and cook? And plastic, yeah, plastic. Yeah, cold conditions. Yeah, extreme. Yeah, extreme. I mean, well, you could put them in a Pyrex glass, and with you know. Oil lid. Sure. The question is, do you need the vegetables? Do you do you need them for? Are they important for health? 
I don't know. You tell me. I don't. I'm not a nutritionist. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a really interesting debate right now. You know, they're talking about some vegetables at the most might be the most beneficial, not necessarily because of nutrients, but because of of uh, hormesis or hormesis. And you know what I mean by that? No. It's like the introduction of uh, something that might be somewhat toxic or bad to, bad for you, and you build up a resistance to it. Really? So th by building up that resistance, it's like fasting. By building up a resistance, you strengthen your immune system and you allow yourself to be a little bit tougher. <laughs> Therefore, you can age a little bit better. I try to stave off aging by eating like Twinkies because there's a lot of... Twinkies, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of preservatives, yeah. Lots of preservatives, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. They bury it. Jeez, it you stockpile the Twinkies a, a lot of long. Twinkies, yeah. <laughs> yep. So you know nice. what's interesting? I met a man yesterday, treated a man yesterday who has diagnosis of Alzheimer's. Um, and he, the, he said the doctors have no idea why he is as good as he is. Because this has been eight or nine years now he's had his Alzheimer's and hasn't had any major effects until recently when he had a procedure done and they put him under anesthesia against, kind of against his, his wishes or will. But as I'm talking to the guy, I said, well, what, you know, what, uh, what's your lifestyle? What do you do? And I said, guard, he said he gardened was in his, his, uh, in his revowed report. He started telling me about gardening and he's growing almost all of his own vegetables, his own foods. Mm. And uh, so I started to think, well, maybe this has something to do with his, you know, could be with, yeah. the, with the conservation of his brain. Um, he does eat meats. He says he eats, you know, um, his meats, fish, and it, it sounded almost, almost Mediterranean, uh, diet and diet, but, um, think of fish and, and some meats here and there, but he, he did go lower fats. He wasn't on too many of the fats, mm -hmm. which also threw me for a loop. And then he was also type two diabetic, which oh. also threw me for a loop because he doesn't seem to eat a lot of sugar. I'm like, oh boy, okay. Well, now I'm confused. Now I'm perplexed. Well, I mean, that's a that's a, a tough condition. I mean, there's so many different reasons at play there. I mean, you have sleep deprivation, nutrition, activity level, genetics. I mean, it's just so many different things. You can't really attribute it to just one thing, which is why we're all perplexed. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, so you're you're getting back in the competition for jujitsu. What belt are you? Uh, purple belt. You're purple? And that's like just below black, right? No, there's a brown and black. Brown black. So you're you're yeah. getting close. It's the first advanced belt, they call it, you know. So there's, you know, white, blue, purple, brown, black. So um I think this is the only sport where black is above blue uh white. Mm-hmm. Making a racial oh, geez, reference here. I, yeah, I didn't get <laughs> Blacks it, are superior to the whites. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. But uh but yeah, no, so it's, like I said, I do it more for fun or things like that. And it's, you know, um, I used to compete years ago and, you know, it was fun. I just, uh, moving, you know, I would move different places, a few injuries, getting older. So I, um, I just got out of training and then, uh, that, you know, that one, uh, friend of mine got me back into it. He kind of, oh, come on down, just try the school out, just try the school. I was like, oh god, all right. And I just, I, I loved it, and I, that's my thing. It's like not, you know, I don't, I don't know, it's not like an effort for me to go because I just enjoy it. Yeah, you know. Again, I remember when I first started. I started out in Hawaii. Um, Shiruto was my original instructor, and uh, uh, he's the one that taught BJ Penn. Who people 
No, yeah, that, that right. guy was a... But he was BJ Penn's instructor. He's a fucking beast. Yeah, but uh, th- that's who I... And I didn't know who these guys were. And a guy that I worked with said, oh, you should come down to this thing. We do this wrestling thing. And I'm like, ah, no, nah, it's all right. And, You're like, yeah, wrestling yeah. with a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I went, I told them, it's like, oh, you know, I don't have any shorts. I'll go next week, you know? And uh, it was like a no gi thing. And so I brought shorts, but I was like, I'm not going to say anything to him. Hopefully he'll forget, you know? <laughs> and he didn't forget. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> so I went and got my ass kicked. I mean, yeah. there's no two ways about it. I mean, I was strong at the time. I was, you know, younger and I, I worked out like I, in the gym, like, so I was not weak. And these people probably, Jesus, 75 pounds lighter than me were kicking the shit out of me. Yeah. I mean, and I'm like, I need to learn this. I mean, I was having a blast, you know, yeah. but I was getting it's like, all right, beat, you know? Yeah. And uh, so it's like, so I just, it's just something I just fell in love with. So it's just something I really enjoy. It's a chess match for, rather than just, you know, kind of beating people up per se. It's, it's, you know, okay, there's always an answer. Right. You know, so if somebody does a, there's always a way out. Can you yeah. figure the way out or how do you figure out how to yeah. do it? And sometimes, like I said, it's simple. It's not as hard as you think. Right. You know, and um, you got to know your game, you know, and I think this is as you, Go up, get up through the belt levels. One of the things they say is you get up, for example, the purple belt level, you start to develop your game. You know, mm-hmm. and white, you're trying to survive. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, just like, you know, survive and learn defense. Okay. You know, and then as you get up to blue, you're learning kind of techniques, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just learning everything. And then as you get into like purple, you're, you're getting, okay, now this is going to be my game. This is, these techniques work for me and these don't, you know. Um, one of my the guys I train with would say, you know, you got to know when to be the bear and when to be the rabbit, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. if you're a bigger guy and you're going against a smaller guy, you got, you, you shouldn't try to out race him because he's going to be faster than you, right. you know, vice versa. If you're the smaller guy going as a bigger guy, don't try overpower. to overpower him because he's yeah. stronger than you, yeah. you know, but you try to force them into your game, Yeah, you know, and then, and then again, you, you kind of. Like I said, there's a chess match. There's always a way out. There's always a way out. So what's your favorite move? Do you have one? Do you have uh, one that's your favorite? I, well, you know, again, I my types of things is I like uh, chokes and kind of shoulder locks are kind of oh, okay. the ones that I kind of go to. Those are my go-to. I like uh, top. I like. I don't like mount. I like side control. I like uh, on the bottom. I'd rather be in half guard than full guard. I'd rather have someone in my half guard than my full guard. Mm-hmm. And it's just but you don't my, like being. You don't like mounting though. Yeah, because I'll be I back feel like in just a, a second here. Uh, all this coffee I had today. No, uh, it's ready. No. Uh, well, like uh, the mount position is more of a you know it, it supposedly it's a more dominant position. It's supposed to be but right. I would rather not be a mount. I'd rather be an S mount than top mount. You but know, why? Why? Then? Just uh, I just feel I have better control. Better control. Just why? You know, just maybe it's like leg length uh, versus like you know thickness and strength, and just I I just feel better. I'd rather be in top side control rather than top mount. If in mount, I feel better to be in what's like an S mount versus a uh, you know just a strength. Well, it kind of makes sense if you're a shoulder guy and choke kind of guy. You kind of want to be in a position that you can. Yeah. Just rapidly exploit the shoulder or the, the yeah, neck. Exactly. Yeah. And even that, and even, uh, you know, and it's transitions. A lot of the key to it is transitions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like whoever wins the transition battle mm-hmm. uh, will typically gets the better, more advantageous position. You'll, you'll you know, you're going to scramble a lot. So, um, 
That's the mastery, though, is yeah. making those transitions, knowing what you're going to do. during. It's a fluid process, but trying to figure out mm-hmm. what position am I, am I in, where's yeah. my next technique, where am I going to go, where, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's a really intriguing um, to see the gears grind when you're watching exactly. jiu-jitsu, you know? And as you get better, you know, as you progress through the, the ranking systems, basically, it's you recognize quicker. And that yeah. lets you take advantage of the transitions. Yeah. Uh, so the quicker you recognize something, and also when to bail, you know, sometimes, you know, if you're getting swept, some people just don't want to let go. Sure. And they hang on. It's like, if you let go, you could have caused a scramble instead of now being on the bottom. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, sometimes you got to know when to bail in a technique because it's right. just not working. Or it's like, hey, they've got it. It's over. Mm-hmm. So... Just let it go and and try to get a try to be in a better position. You know when you right. when it's when this is all said and done. I'm going over. I'm getting swept. I'm getting taken down. Well, I'm going. So guess what? I'm going to try to be in the best possible position I can instead of being flat on your back, be on your side, be in a defensive mm-hmm. position rather than than having that that situation and and be like, oh, now I'm really screwed. You know. So, but it's just winning those transition battles and and. Uh, uh, like I said, I just love the chest mass and, and trying to figure out. And it makes sense too, because you're talking about the mobility and the dexterity of your hips and your legs. You mm-hmm. gotta have a ton of that if you're gonna roll. Yeah. BJ Penn, the guy was the guy was flexible. Well, as he well. was yeah, he was strong and flexible. Yeah, he was. Uh, let, let me ask you this: Do you think he would have been even more dominant as a UFC fighter had he actually put in more time for like? Because the knock on him is that he didn't train. Yeah. You know he didn't he didn't have the uh, attrition. Yeah, I mean, from what I know of him, and I don't know him that well, but uh, don't call him out. No, well, I wouldn't call him out, but but he 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 didn't not like doing the. Tra- he loved fighting. He loved doing. Sure. Uh, he was a fighter. He would go and have a lot of bar fights and stuff. But you know, um, you hear about that stuff in the news. I mean, if you pay any attention to the MMA world, you've heard stories of him getting arrested and going to parties and stuff and causing trouble. But. Um, he was his technique was awesome. He loved training jujitsu, but he didn't do a lot of like the the weight cutting and the strength training and that type of stuff or endurance know? training. Yeah, exactly. But his, he was so his, his, fluid. Yeah. Oh, he was unbelievable. Oh yeah, man, he, he was he was awesome. It's just uh, he he didn't put the other work in on the side stuff from yeah. from, from my understanding. And this is what you'd kind of see in most of the his MMA fights. It's like, and he was so good, he went on technique a lot, but yeah. He would, you know, he, he just didn't have the... Uh, well, he had the know, natural the, the ability. Kind of That's the thing. Yeah, he was, and he had great balance and yeah. flexibility. And t- to get him down, yeah. it's unbelievable how he could balance on one leg if somebody's trying to take him down. And use he, the other leg to, like, you yeah. know, lock in a triangle or yeah. lock in a... It's amazing how dex- like, the guy had so much dexterity. Yeah. But like I said, I don't, I don't know him. I never watched his training. You know, I mean, I've met him, but I don't... I don't I don't know much about. I can't really say too much to that. It's just what I have heard is that he mm-hmm. didn't put that extra stuff in. I mean, he trained the jujitsu a lot. He trained the technique. Is he, he was unbelievable with that. It's just that, like I said, he didn't. If he trained more strength cardio, got proper weight cuts and stuff like that, he I think he could have been so. Much I better. think his biggest issue was cardio. I think that yeah. if he had a lot more endurance, he probably could have lasted longer and tore people up. And I mean, the fights against Matt Hughes, and, and that's the other thing. You know, you're going against wrestler and jujitsu fight. I mean, I love those fights because yeah. you talk about a chess match with two different techniques, and it's so interesting. And I think they're 
extremely related, closely related. And if you're a jiu-jitsu fighter, you have an idea about wrestling. But the question is, are you exposed to that quite often? And same thing for wrestling, you know? Yeah. And and so I, I don't know. I like that kind of chess match more yeah. so than I do the striking anymore. Yeah. Well, the striking, too, is, it's got its own if you know what you're doing. Some people swing wildly. Some people, you know, cut, you know, angles and, you know, throw better strikes. You can see it, you know, people that have the skill. But, you know, with the wrestler versus jiu-jitsu guy, it's – you know what they typically say is the jiu-jitsu guy is more technical the wrestler is tougher mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and it's again getting in positions wrestlers do not like being on their back no no so they when they, they want to be back, in a full amount yeah exactly they want to mm -hmm. be on top uh jiu-jitsu guys a lot of them like to be on their back yeah, they, they like bring full it guard <laughs> so it's like sometimes it's like if you get the wrestler on his back, he's like a fish out of water. Um, and that's kind of the thing. But it's the toughness a lot of times. Uh, and the takedowns. The well, yeah. And the wrestlers are more, they're, just, they're depending on their strength and their power, too. Mm -hmm. Whereas the uh, jiu-jitsu is like a very fluid, flexible bar. They'll just, you know, they'll go back. And it's really interesting. Like, there is strength involved in jiu-jitsu, but mm -hmm. they're, they're just... They tend to be quick in those transitions, and the wrestler is just like trying to pin them and hold them and yeah. keep them from wiggling around and squirming yeah. and getting in position. You know, yeah, it's it's definitely like a you know, like I said, that toughness versus the skill. Not saying wrestlers are not skilled because they are, but it's right. just like it's a different jujitsu depends on the skill, depends on that. Where the wrestlers, I mean, I had a brother that was two time state champ, uh, could have been three time, but he's he hurt his back his sophomore year. He, he he uh, couldn't during the the states. He 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 didn't do well. I mean, just because he couldn't stand up. I mean, he was in so much pain. But uh, you know, he was just one of these. He never had a lot of skill. We joke around about it. He just kind of goes in there like a gorilla, and he just would take people down, take people down, take people down, and he'd shoot, 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 and that's it. Mm. And I ran into a guy who coached. This was up in Massachusetts, and. Uh, I was actually training for a tournament. Our, our, our coach brought us to another school. And again, this over in, uh, in Massachusetts. And we uh, were training with these guys. And happening, one of the guys at the other school was a wrestling coach, you know, for high school. And I'm like, oh, I said, uh, my brother wrestles. Uh, you might know him. Now, my brother at the time was ranked number one in the state, you know. So, I mean, yeah. I didn't, but I didn't know if they crisscrossed, so I, I wasn't sure. And so he's, oh, what's your brother's name? And when I told him, he like threw his head back. He's like, oh, God. Well, my attitude first is don't say shit about my brother, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but, and I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? He goes, no, no, your brother's, he's good. He goes, I had a kid, you know, that year who he, I, he they thought had a chance at States, but he wrestled you know, against my brother. And uh, he goes, your brother, he doesn't wrestle like everybody else. You know, it's like, mm. he says, normally people will shoot two, maybe three times. And then they back up and they reset. He goes, your brother shoots like 20 times. He yeah. won't stop shooting. He just go, and he will pick you up and slam you on the ground. And if you oh, get up, man. he'll do it again. And he's oh. like, he's like, after, you know, they started, uh, you know, they got to a little break in the match out of bounds. And he said, my kid looked over to me. He said, what do I do? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know anyone that does <laughs> yeah. this. He's like, he just, he was just like, and he just attacks and attacks and attacks. Oh. He doesn't slow down. When he was a freshman, he wrestled against a kid that was, uh, I don't know if he was state champ or whatever, but um, he went against kid. They were butting heads because they were, 
shooting. My brother didn't know how to do anything. I mean, that's just what he did. He just yeah. shot, shot. And like so every time the other kid went to shoot, my brother was shooting too. And, you know, mm-hmm. and so he ended up beating this kid and like supposedly a really exciting match. And the kid that was varsity, my brother was a varsity that year. They, from the other school, they both had the same kind of skill set. And they knew he was going to lose, the varsity kid. So the coach said, ah, let's put Paul in there and just see what he does. Mm-hmm. We know our guy can't beat this guy because they both have the same strengths, same weaknesses. And we know this guy's better. He just is. So I throw Paul in there just to see what throw happens. Throw the freshman in there. Yeah. And he, <laughs> Paul beat him. I mean, he like, he, because the kid didn't know what, again, he didn't know what to yeah. do with him. He's like, who the hell sure. is this kid? And what, I, what are you doing? So Nobody from, does this. From what you've learned in jiu-jitsu, what would you do with somebody that that's aggressive like that? Uh, You'd use it against them, right? I would try, yeah. yeah. I, well, see, if he came in real hard, depends. If he's double leg, I'd try to sprawl. And, and again, mm-hmm. it's a different tactic because I'm not looking for a pin. I'm looking for a choke. You yeah, know? are you sprawling and, and like wrapping yourself around the back? Yeah, I try to to sprawl and Uh get his back and, you know, is what I would try to do there. But again, it depends. You gotta, that's kind of my thought process. But if you're not going to go guillotine on somebody like that, uh, you might, well, if he gets in really deep, I might, you know, uh, sometimes if he gets in too deep, you take his momentum. If he's really Mm. out of control, you can, again, like I said, you know, when to bail, it's like, I know I'm going over. Yeah. I'm going down. I've done this to people too, usually at lower levels though. Um, as you get to higher levels, probably doesn't happen. You're in more control, but people that kind of coming out of control, it's like, okay, I'm going. So just fall back with them and you, you mm-hmm. add to their momentum. And the next thing you know, you flip them over and you're, yeah, on, you're top. on top. Yeah. They initiate the takedown, but you mm-hmm. rolled when you were done and now, okay, I have the top position, but yeah, you know, yeah. so who gets a takedown there? I don't know, but I don't know. I'm just in a better position. I don't care. Yeah. You know? So it's, um, like I said, you got to know when to bail uh, on stuff. So, but yeah, it was funny. Some funny stories with him and his wrestling. His coach was like, "Oh yeah, your brother's just like a bull in a china shop." You know, <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, uh, that's awesome. And, oh, and, he, and he was a lightweight kid too, so he was lighter weight. So most of the kids were more. So he probably learned to be that way because yeah. he's you know yeah. you know has to go up against these bigger kids yeah. right no no because it's weight classes so they were all in the same weight class but i mean it's it's i think most of the kids are not used to his style in he's that weight bear. class he's you know so mm. he, he was just but yeah he was he was a really good wrestler so huh. fun to watch him well is there anything else you're doing anything else you're up to oh uh, jesus christ no i don't yeah. know not really much work work uh, jiu-jitsu working out yeah there's really working out uh, trying to eat a little better drink beer yeah. Beer drink. yeah. <laughs> that's one of my yeah. that's one of my problems. I, I have to <laughs> that stops me from losing some weight. My girlfriend yells at me a lot. Well stop drinking beer. Well, well, well let's uh, yeah, don't throw the <laughs> nutritionally speaking, it might be good for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's uh hops, barley, it's kinda like vegetables, right? Well, you know what's interesting, it's uh well first off, uh do you know why people avoid they don't like bitter tasting foods? Why? Because most poisons, especially plant based poisons, are bitter. So you evolved to develop this bitter sensation to warn you if something is harmful. Huh. All at the same time, when uh, when humans started to like domesticate animals and settle down and like their own like little civilizations or villages, they you know for the most part they were nomadic, right? They would travel and they would get fresh water and whatnot mm-hmm. in places. You you always want moving water. You don't want stagnated water. Stagnated water comes with disease. So what they learned when they started like developing agriculture is that uh, you know things ferment. And then, of course, it creates alcohol, 
right? And alcohol, and you know, back then it wasn't as strong as it is today. It's like a little less, um, as far as strength is concerned. If you have, if you mix alcohol and water together, it kills everything in the water. So you have safe, you have safe mm-hmm. drinking supply. So you can then have water that stagnates a little bit if it's mixed with a little bit of alcohol, mm. thus beer. There we go. Okay. It's been with us for a long time. The difference <laughs> now is that beer is a lot stronger yeah. than it was 100 years ago or so. So Same next time you come over asking for coffee and I give you the coffee that I made with the sink water and you oh. spit it out. Yeah, I will just give you a little bit of water with rubbing alcohol, or maybe put the rubbing alcohol in the coffee. That I would, I would rather have that. Okay, <laughs> this, this water is shit, man. You're from Massachusetts, you know. Yeah. You know, I, this, yeah. I was never a water fan in Massachusetts. No, the water down here. I mean, it's literally mixed with shit. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, because the water, the aquifers, uh, uh, there is no subterranean uh, yeah. aquifer. It's on top of the land so it's a mix of fertilizer and shit and medication well, shit from the close hatch you too mm. coming out that's hopefully yeah that's gonna start getting better oh man i'm so sick and tired of hearing about the okeechobee and the backflow with the sugar companies and the destruction of the everglades and you know and then of course the destruction of our beaches and mm. of our grass beds and the loss of fish and the algae blooms and, and it's like yeah. fuck like, why can't Congress do anything to stop the sugar companies Money. from destroying the env- – why no? Hmm. It just pisses you it's, off. It's not that they can't. They won't. They right. won't. You know? The, the, uh, there's yeah. a couple of uh, uh, scientists came down, I don't know, a couple years ago, and I remember they did a little speech about it, and it's been done before. Lake Champlain up in Vermont had mm-hmm. a similar problem, and they cleaned it. And it's now one of the cleaner lakes. You know, yeah, they know how to do it. the The blueprint's there. It, it's right there. You just have to do it. You have to want to do it, and you have to do it. They're not doing it for all their all scumbag reasons. With that, they're they it's want corporate their own control friction. though, because yeah, it's, it's not just here. The Gulf is suffering because of what's happened in Mississippi and Alabama with the mm-hmm. death of the marsh beds and mm-hmm. the the flood of the red algae and the the pollutants from corporations. The, we live in a corporate socialized. Oh yeah. America. We don't even live in a. We we don't want to go into politics too much because I know some people don't feel comfortable with that. But I'm sick of this shit, and I just I'm just like I'm thinking about going to Australia. Yeah. There's well, a lot of Australia chicks over there. There you go. You like the Australian chicks? Well, I don't know. Are you gonna take your wife with you? They probably won't like me. Over there, they're probably like that guy looks like Mark Wahlberg. I'll take him. <laughs> You know, or they'll take the, you know, your Massachusetts, your New Englander style yeah. dialect or accent. Yeah. Hey, are you still a Patriot fan? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've, I've actually got out of sports a lot. I haven't been watching a lot of sports lately. It's hard. Because yeah. of the kneeling or some shit? Or well, just- not just the kneeling part of it, but all the politicizing of everything. Mm. You know, it's like, I'm just, I'm, that's another whole discussion. You know, the all the bullshit that comes out. I mean, just an example, LeBron James with his little oh. freaking tweet he just came out with, whatever the hell he did after that. I, he I he saved it. a life. The police officer. Oh, did you hear LeBron's? Which, no, I didn't the see laugh, that. Tweeted some, a girl got killed, 16-year-old. Is, is that the, the one with the knife? The yeah, the knife. Yeah, okay. she was in the process of going to. St- he, she was yelling that she was going to stab her to death. Yeah, and he told her to stop. What do you do? It's a fraction of a second. If he waited yeah. a second, the mm-hmm. other girl's getting stabbed. She wasn't listening. There was a lot of bullshit going on. And LeBron does a little "You're next." 
you know, accountability uh, tweet oh, like with, the, the with the hourglass. Oh, wow. You know, so basically it's like bullshit. Yeah, bullshit, no. bullshit. He did the right thing in that. Right. Right. I'm not saying they do it right every time. But, uh, you know, every time it's proven that the cop did the right thing, if it doesn't fit the narrative, you know, they, they, they just, they twist it. They twist mm -hmm. it. And all that, this that's bullshit. the problem is that they're twisting shit. With, with, this is what I don't understand. It's like watching sports and you watch an instant replay and they slow it down. Okay. It looks clear there, but it took a fraction of a second for that play to occur. So of course a ref could miss something, yeah. right? We yeah. kind of like ignore that a bit. It's the same thing here. A lot of these instances, like the woman who uh, thought she pulled out a taser, but she pulled out her gun and shot the kid. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. That she made a mistake, an occupational mistake that does carry a, a, a significant um, uh, uh, punishment. However, I don't think she intentionally tried to kill the kid. It's Say a, yeah, a consequence more than a punishment. Right. The, the really thing the thing happened in less than five seconds. Right. You try to make a fucking crucial decision like that within yeah. five seconds. Mistakes happen. Right. Now, that being said. But she, you're playing with fire if you put yourself in that situation. Well, I don't understand why the kid's got to break away and jump in right. the car and run off. Yeah. I don't yeah. understand. Well, you All know why? Because he, he had warrants out for his arrest right. for a, a violent criminal act. Exactly. And, and, and that's why he ran. Now, should she have shot him? Now, how, and I, now again, I've, I've held a handgun, but I've never held a taser. So I don't know what's the difference. I mean, can you not tell when you pick it up that this is my gun versus but, my well, taser? But you're talking I, about a five-second reaction. Yeah, no, I know. It's and probably even less thing. than that. But, but my, yeah, I know. I'm just saying it's – but in, in that situation, though, I will say this. As a police officer, you need to be trained enough that's to know when I grab this, that's oh, right. shit, that's my taser. Again, pick up, you know, whatever. They're, they're handling now. Mm -hmm. Nine millimeters, I think, is what – what does that feel like versus a taser? You mm -hmm. can't tell the difference when you grab it. But you're asking for them to automatically recognize that within the five seconds you of the should, situation. No, but that's their I job. agree. That's I, your job. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you, and that's why they should actually get more training. Yeah. Than oh, yeah. actually being yeah. on like on the job, they should she, have more training. She obviously wasn't qualified for her job. Well, and you're talking about 25, 26 years, right, yeah. of experience. But the, the 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 bottom line is that the parents are calling for accountability. Fine. Yeah. They but should they be. have to show accountability too. Mm -hmm. He. Broke away and jumped in that car. He's yeah. gonna run off. You know, and that's Come the thing. It, the police do have to be accountable. I agree. And and she was wrong in that. And she right. needs to be exactly. punished for it. Whether it was more negligence versus, uh, again, a true act of hatred or whatever right. racism. But here's the thing. You know, and I just I saw this uh, thing on Facebook the other day. It's like if if the police uh, get shot because it's you know they their job description allows them to get shot and killed mm -hmm. well criminals need to be accountable too that right. when you do criminal acts or shoot at a police officer or somebody else you will also get shot you mm -hmm. know the problem is they not they want the accountability from the police but they don't want the accountability from the criminal you know yeah. what i mean and that's right. the problem it's like if you are not committing a crime you're not going to get shot 99.9% well, .9 of the time. It's all of a fucked up situation to begin yeah. with. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that over-policing exists. There is corruption. The fact of the matter yeah. is that people that go to jail and spend a large majority of their life or just a little bit of time in their life because of a crime that they didn't commit. And all of a sudden they, yeah. they find out that, you know, the person was innocent all along and they leave without even an apology. They just yeah. leave. Well, who is that kid? That I think was... They should also, at that point, the state should also be uh, yeah. uh, accountable oh, yeah. towards that prosecution and therefore give the guy some back pay. 
Yeah, at least so some, he can make a living or something. Exactly. Yeah. That, see, that's you know? bullshit. Like there was a guy that was arrested for rape. This is a long time ago, and it was just a few years ago he got out. Uh, but he was, uh, I think he had a scholarship to USC um, for football. I think I heard about this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He he had had sex with this girl. Um, she, I don't know, someone found out. She was embarrassed, didn't want to admit that she, she was called a rape. white girl. Yeah with a black guy mm-hmm. she said he raped him well no freaking justice he went to prison for it for i don't know for like yeah it was 10 like 10 or 15 years, or years yeah. something like that mm-hmm. wow and then he finally the only reason he got out is because she was bragging on facebook social oh, media to her friends how she got away with this and somebody screenshotted it mm-hmm. and brought it to the police wow and that's how he got out. And he gets this out. poor guy lost it. But, so, this but she is, should go in. She yeah, should go in. She should she be should, in. She should go in and she should have to pay, pay repercussions. I mean, exactly. this guy had, now who's to say yeah. he would have made the pros, who knows, but he had a scholarship to USC, which means he's a pretty damn good football yeah, player. Right. Right. He had a chance to make the pros, at least get a free education. Yeah. At, at least, right. Because of her, he lost all of that. Yeah. And he did get on, I think, the Falcons practice squad. I'm not sure whatever ha- happened to him in the long run. But I'm glad he's out. But that's bullshit. Right. And, and what are the repercussions for her? Right. Nothing. Now, you tell me Nothing. how that's any different than murder. Exactly. It's the same fucking thing. She should go, to, she should yeah. go in for murder, in my opinion. Basically. And she should lose her life. And he, you're right. Her possessions should become yeah. his in but, a way to, to pay yeah. restitution. Because yeah. you don't know what kind of future this kid could have had. Yeah. yeah, you don't know, and and you can just guess. Okay, this is a kid that went in with these kind of expectations. This is the money he could have made, you know, in the NFL, um, or he could have had a, a degree or a degree and, yeah. and a career. Yep, and that didn't work out, and now he's out, and and no repercussions for her. Yeah, she, nothing. Nothing. Did they at least take him way. off the sex offender list? I'm sure they did. That's more. That's but, you more. Know, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't, because this I whole, this whole the whole yeah. system is the yeah. system's fucked. No, it is. I mean, it's line. bullshit. And you almost have to blow it up. It's like it's like a football, like a like any sporting team. You almost have to blow it up and start all over again. It's so fucked. You, you don't even know if you can refurbish it. You don't even know. Yeah. Well, it's so deep. This is the thing. It's just so many, you know, tendrils twisted. And oh, you scratch my back, I scratch mm-hmm. yours, and you owe me this, and I owe you that. And blah, 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 blah. You know, it's so twisted right now. There's no. I don't think there's a way out of it. That, well, you know, and certainly the, the most fucked up part of it is is that us as American citizens, we see it, but the majority of us don't say anything. Yeah. We don't do anything about it. We just bitch about it, or we just, we're just apathetic. Well, yeah, because we think, well, it's not affecting me. Exactly. You know? Well, you know, what's that saying? It's like, you know, when they took this one, I didn't say anything, and then they took this one, and then when they came for me, mm-hmm. there was nobody left to say anything. That's you right. know what I mean? And this is the same type of thing. It's you let mm-hmm. it go, and, and all this bullshit's happening, and we're watching it happen around us. And everyone's like, well, you know, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me. Well, you know, it's going to affect you. Yeah. You know, like we were just talking earlier today before we got on about the dollar. You know, oh, our economy is going to shit. Yeah. So we're printing money yeah. so fast and just to keep paying things. And it's like, well, now the dollar's worth less and less. And, you know, there's listen to a, a talk show the other day and they say, well, they're doing it on purpose because they know what they're doing. You know, they're making the dollar worth less, so all the money they owe, they don't really have to pay back as That's much because right. it's not worth anything. And what people don't realize, hmm. or they're not, yeah. what they don't understand, is that these these people, the people that are making the money from this, mm-hmm. they're actually living a better life. They're capitalizing oh, yeah. on all of these act, on all of these uh, issues, the pandemic, the the bailouts. 
they're the ones that are telling the poor people, white yeah. and black and bl- and brown and yellow and all, all of us, that there's differences, that there's that there yeah. there's a division there. There's not there's really no division. Really it's a it's a battle on poor people. Meanwhile, they're stealing from the poor people to line their pockets. Yep. And the poor people are too busy trying to like get home, take care of their kids, feed their kids, mm-hmm. do their job, not to see that they're they're losing their money, they're getting they're getting robbed, but also they're falling into this trap of division that these fucking these wealthy yeah. motherfuckers are playing on us. Keep us divided so they can you know, keep in power. And that's what they're doing. That's right. They, it's a distraction. Yep. It's a distraction. Yeah. And if we don't, if we don't wake up and start paying attention and like unite and fight back, it's going to happen until it collapses. Yeah. That's oh, the yeah. bottom line. It, it is. Yeah. And, and this thing, it's like, you know, all these, you know, the politicians and the athletes and actors and actresses are all getting on the TV. Oh, we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. No, we're not in the same boat. Right. We're not in the same goddamn boat. You're on a yacht. And I'm in a fucking rowboat. <laughs> yeah. You With no paddles. Yeah. yeah. Or exactly. one paddle. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, my boat's not that bad. You know what I mean? I got a nice house. I've got, yeah. you know, a pool. I've got... No, but you you're know, right. They're so, not, they're so not, my they're boat's not a super bad. yacht, though. But they're in a super yacht. I'm in a, you know, a decent one. But there are some people that are not, that are, that are living... I've got nine kayaks. They're on a... Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. almost worth a Some boat. people are yeah. on a life preserver. Yeah. No, exactly. Some raft. people are floating. Yeah. Some people are floating mm-hmm. in a little rubber they're raft. Getting, and, they're getting the scraps that are being dumped <coughs> yeah. off the edge. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're in the same boat. No, we're not in the same boat. No. Don't give me that bullshit. No. But this is the thing. And, and these idiots buy into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're the same. No, they're not the same. They're living in a freaking mansion. That's right. You know, they have chefs cooking these huge meals for them. If they want to, you know, who is all this stuff like? Who is it? Newsom from California. Oh, you know, no one's allowed out of California on a lockdown. And uh, he goes out to dinner with his family. Yeah, yeah. How does that yeah. freaking? And then happen? lies about it. And then lies about it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he should, Pelosi he should goes be compl- gets her haircut. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, Pelosi needs to get out of office. She's 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 worth so much money. This bullshit that they can invest in Wall Street while uh, uh, acting in Congress and participate inside of trading is, is a bunch that, of bullshit. Yeah, exactly. You know. Meanwhile, Martha Stewart goes to jail. Exactly. You know, Martha, Martha fucking Stewart. You know, yeah. <laughs> teaches me how to make a you know you know uh, a frittata goes to jail yeah. and Pelosi, who is spending all this money, you know, I, I just can't take it anymore. And I'm Mitch surprised McConnell, that Martha Stewart didn't uh, you know hang herself Epstein style. Oh my gosh! Mm. Think, hey, yeah, because she's an elitist too. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think she's, she's clean. Yeah. yeah. Well, she hangs, she hangs out with Snoop Dogg, so I'm okay. But she's part of her stuff too. I'm sure she didn't go to a very. Uh, no, hard, you know, hard no, no. prison. She went to no. a resort. You know, no. I mean, it's like. Well, how do you I'm think sure. her and Snoop Dogg hooked up? There's got to be a weed connection in there somewhere. I'm sure. And I'm, yeah. I think that maybe she got connected to a weed guy, a pot dealer in jail, and that's how she became friends with Snoop Dogg. I mean, she's probably got Does connections all over. Yeah, well, you know, I don't anyway, think weed just runs through the jail. Weed, weed needs to be legal. Period. You know, across the country, in my opinion. Weed and prostitution. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> Australian prostitution. That's on the bill. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I guess we're... Do we have anything else? We've done nah, quite a bit. Good. We, we talked actually longer than I thought. I'm, uh, yeah. Talking no, about I did. Like, this will be about five oh, minutes. Oh, wait. He's done. got a question. He's got, he's got, he definitely wants to know another thing. So, who... Oh, I want to know who we're betting on tonight. Oh, oh yeah. Masvidal and Usman? Yeah. Oh, man. Masvidal. 
I tell you what, that's, I just think it's going to be a great fight. Um, Usman's a beast. He's awesome. I mean, you think it's going to be better than awesome the last too. one? I think it's going to be a better fight than the last I, one. I agree. I think Masvidal is ready. I think he's... He took the fight, like you said, he'd done six days last time. Yeah. Didn't get to train for it. Yeah. And Usman claims it well. He only took it because, so he could have an excuse. I doubt it. I doubt that fighters ever underdog? do with an excuse. He wants Mas- to fight. Masvidal's the underdog, right? I'm oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he is. Guys. I still think Usman's going to beat him. Yeah, I, I just think Usman's that good. I was very surprised. Though. I yeah, thought I thought great. Burns was going to beat Usman, and Usman knocked him out. Yeah. I was I, like, wow. I, I really would say I think Usman's going to win, but I think I would not be surprised if Masvidal wins either. I, I think I'm it's going to be the grit. What, what I would say is I would be shocked if this is like a bad fight. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like yeah. Someone gets knocked out in a second. Yeah. I think that these two guys don't, I don't think they like each other. Yeah. I think they're gonna, I think it's going to be an awesome. They don't one. like each other. Usman just talks so much shit too though. Yeah. I mean, but they're both, they're both unbelievable. Jesus Christ. Yeah, oh, hold on, hold on. We got to go back to my original question. What's that? Are you still a fan of the Patriots? Yeah. yeah I mean, I am. Or did you come to Tampa Bay, baby? Oh, no. You're not coming to Brady's there. We got no, a championship. No, no. You guys, yeah, we gave you one. No, <laughs> no you I, gave us one. You guys did not commit to Tom, so he went no, somewhere where right. we committed. You're right. No, I agree. I, I, Which uh, I, I think is dumb. I think you, why don't you give your your six-time championship? Yeah, you let him you let him ride out on. Uh, yeah, but you know whatever the, charity wants to ride one out. Thing, on. And I don't get me wrong. I'm not crying sour grapes. I wanted Tom to stay. I did not want him to leave. Uh, I don't hate Tampa. Got nothing against Tampa, one way or the other. But what I think it almost cements his legacy because a lot mm-hmm. of times, like you look at a lot of these great quarterbacks, like mm-hmm. you know Montana and Favre and all these things, and they did all this stuff, and then when they left their team, mm-hmm. they did nothing. Like they weren't. Well, Montana weren't did same. well, didn't he? When he he never won the Super Bowl. No, I mean, did he go to the Super Bowl? No, I don't think he, not with the Chiefs. Okay, no, he uh, he might have made the playoffs like one year or something, okay. but like they never did anything special. Brady takes a Tampa team that when was the last time they won the playoffs? Oh gosh, yeah, two thousand two, yeah. mm-hmm. and win the Super Bowl with them. right. You know what I mean? And with, and with no off season, but no. Tampa yeah, has had incredible. talent. Yeah. For the last 10 years, we okay. just haven't had somebody smart enough well, and well, a quarterback is, to make This to make is my whole 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, well, and going to get it done. I've, yeah. said it, I've said it all the time. I think that Belichick benefited more from Brady as a quarterback than oh, Brady that? benefited from his system. I say that because of this. The first three Super Bowls they won, they had a great defense. The last three that they won with him, their defense was uh, yeah. so-so. I mean, the one against the Seahawks. Uh, that 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 could have been a touchdown if they run the beast, right? Uh, could have been. I so, mean, you know, in the last they, Super Bowl they won. Their defense was pretty good. Was that not the year they were bad. scoring touchdowns oh, left and right? But oh, their, yeah, defense their defense wasn't. The Rams was yeah. The, Both the defense was on a lockdown good. defense, like it wasn't. And so, yeah. I, and Belichick's a defensive guy. So I think Brady grew into that role mm-hmm. and really learned the uh, the little the little facts of being a quarterback. Like, and he was friends with Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. so you know those guys are chatting up and they're talking about detail. So he brings out the Tampa, and I think you're right. It cements his legacy. I think yeah. Belichick's still a good coach, but I think that Brady was underappreciated, undervalued. Yeah, I think Belichick's very hard headed, is the thing. But, yeah. Uh, but, I, and again, you can't. Brady's awesome. What he did for the Patriots was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I think he really should have won. I don't three know or four got- more Super Bowls with the Patriots. He really easily could have. I mean, crazy plays like the helmet catch. Yeah. The fact that Asante Samuel dropped yeah. an interception in the yeah. that final drive. The fact that that uh, Eli Manning just got out of the grasp of uh, 
You know, yeah, I yeah, that, whole, Seymour, that you know? whole thing. There, there, there was some crazy stuff that happened in the, in the one Super Bowl. A couple of them, like Brady, did his job. He brought them down and scored, right. and then the defense didn't hold. He also did so. his job when they were down 21, 23 points against the Falcons. To win the oh game yeah, with look at I that. Mean, well, and even the Eagles game, the Eagles Super Bowl, they lost. I mean, what do you have? Five hundred and forty yards <laughs> yeah. passing and like I three touchdowns. I mean, it's like he did his job. Yeah. And neither defense did yeah. anything in that game. But it's like, you know, yeah, they. Uh, he's just unbelievable. But the fact that he went, you like you said, you look at Favre, he did nothing when he left mm-hmm. uh, Green Bay. Uh, when Montana left mm-hmm. Niners, he really did nothing. Yeah, I think he might have made the playoffs once. Uh, he even was uh, telling Brady, don't leave. It's different. You go into a new system, a new right. environment, new teammates. He says, it's not the same. Just stay where you are. You, you'll do the most there. Brady left. And again, with no offseason. Because of COVID, right. guys, he's never played with. Right, and true, they had their struggles early, but they're learning. That's their yeah. preseason. That's their training camp. Mm-hmm. Is the first, you know, half of the season. He won the Super Bowl with. Them. I know. It's like that shows you. Anyone that says that Brady's not the greatest quarterback they're, they're ever wrong. is, they're, they're in denial. It's a hatred thing yeah. because yeah. he just is. He he's, just he's, is. He's the Michael Jordan of football. You have yeah. to say that. Oh yeah, without and, a doubt. And the, this is as a Tampa longtime Tampa fan. The offensive line has never been good. In 2002, when we won that Super Bowl, we didn't win it because of our offense. It was defense. Yeah. It was our defense. Was our we defense. had an awesome defense, which was eventually stripped, and our team fell apart. Yeah. Brady comes in. He just like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning goes to the Broncos. They didn't have a great offense. What does he do? He makes that offensive line better. Mm-hmm. And how does he do that? Just like Brady. Throw the ball a little quicker. Call yep. your protections. Know what you're doing. Yell at your yell at your fucking teammates when they when you get sacked or hit. Yep. Like they know how to manipulate the offensive line to not them, to get the most out of them, make them better, and then all of a sudden develop cohesion, and then they look great. Well, yeah. a lot of it's like these great quarterbacks like Manning, like Marino, Brady. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have as good an offensive line because they get rid of the ball in like yeah. two and a half seconds, right? If you're holding the ball for four or five seconds, you're getting sacked. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Brady, he reads a deep. This is what makes a great quarterback, not having the strongest arm. Reading the defense is what does yeah, it. Right. You read the defense, you know, and you anticipate, and you yep. get rid of the ball fast. Yeah. And then what does he do? And then he yeah. says, it was the offensive line that did that. Oh, he gives him credit. And then uh-huh. he says, and then he's, let me up. take him out to dinner. Yep. Let me buy them watches. Yep. You know what I mean? Build them up. Whereas the guy that's getting sacked because he's holding the ball too long yep. blames it on the offensive line. The offensive uh-huh. line's hearing it from the fucking yep. coach. And then on top of that, there's no appreciation after the game. Yeah. Well, I remember Drew Bledsoe back before Brady. And I, I love Drew Bledsoe too. Um, and one of the things that I really loved about him was – multiple times they you know and they were not good the Patriots were terrible with him um but they uh tried to reporters tried to get him to throw his teammates offensive line particularly under the bus and there was one Mm. he I I don't know if he got sacked like six eight times in one game I mean he was getting hammered and uh the reporters asked him you know basically geared a question I remember how they worded it but it was so it's like basically your offensive line sucked today they let you down Mm-hmm. And he just looked literally straight up, and I'll never forget his quote. He says, the day I play the perfect game is a day I'll complain about somebody else's game. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And he says, we are all trying. We're all doing our best. He says, I make the mis- I make mistakes out there too. We are all working to yeah. the same goal. We're trying to get, you know, he, he would not take the bait. That's awesome. You know, uh, Belichick, I remember with, I think it was Belichick was the coach, but it might have been the coach Parcells? before that. Um, yeah, it could have been Parcells, but it was, 
there was some cheap shot down the field and, and uh, the Patriots are not good and not playing together. And uh, he made a point, this was in the paper, you know, and uh, made a point because I don't know if the wide receiver running back was like kind of, you know, getting up slow, mm-hmm. injured and getting taunted by the other team. He's, and he says in the meeting, there's one guy that went down and stood up for our guy that's on the ground. And it was Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. He says, you offensive linemen are the ones supposed to be our, you know, our yeah. enforcers here. Yeah. And we got our quarterback going down and having to cut through the other team to say, get off of my guy. Right. You know? And he's like. But that's a leader. That's a leader. That's yeah. a leader. And that's, so I love Bledsoe for that type of stuff. I mean, yeah. he was always a, a favorite of mine. And I, I I was one of the people that really didn't want to go to Brady early on. But Bledsoe, Bledsoe was a great quarterback. Yeah. He was not a bad quarterback. The, no. And this is why I argue that Tom Brady was more valuable in that system than Belichick because Belichick's system could should have worked for Bel- Bledsoe as well. Yeah. And it didn't work as well. Brady well, brought some sort of intangible factor yeah, that well, made them great. You can see that now, years. though. You can see that now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you sh- and you could see it in the last probably five, seven, eight well, years. Tampa but, now. But, yeah. But Belichick made the decision to stay with Brady, though. He saw that where a lot of people said no. Well, I think but, he had a lot of pressure. From what I understand from people I've talked to, Belichick was not convinced that he was going to have a winning season. He was convinced that he was going to get fired at the end of the season. He didn't think he had a lot of talent. And when Brady won that first game, a lot of people were hyped up about him. Yeah, well, and he was almost forced to do it because they saw the they saw some raw ability in Brady. In and they won a game. In New England, we were like 50-50. People were torn between the two. There was yeah. you had your Belich- not Belichick, but uh, Bledsoe group and your Brady group, right. group, and people going back and forth. Even after he won the Super Bowl, people were still arguing about it. Right. Well, Patriot fans but, are loyal. Yeah, but they, they tend to be well, not the coaching staff, yeah. not the team itself, but the the, the, the team, the Patriot, the, the fans are great fans. They're very loyal to their team. They're very loyal yeah. to the players for the most part. Yeah. But w- one of the things that I noticed, this is my personal opinion, and this is why I think it. Bledsoe could have done everything Brady did. Bledsoe had much better arm sure. than Brady and all the stuff. But what Brady did is he took the checkdowns. Mm-hmm. He would throw, yes. like they right. said, his favorite receiver is the open receiver. Yes. And Bledsoe had such a great arm and was such a, you know, number one overall draft pick, all this bullshit, you know. He would say, uh, okay, I got an open guy seven yards down the field. But 50 yards down, I get a guy who's only triple covered. So I can squeeze it. Yeah. I can squeeze that in. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes he would. You know, right. He was that good. That He was like, but Brady would look triple covered, wide open. Seven, I'm going to take a little seven-yard dump mm-hmm. off. Well, and and that Brady, was a big, at least early early yeah. on, that's what he did. Yeah. I think Brady also has a, a sense of tenacity about him, too. Mm. Don't tell me I can't do no, something. Yeah. But not as much earlier. Yeah. You, I think you he was saw learning. at least later. Yeah, maybe he, when learning. he was young, it, you didn't see that. But yeah. yeah, as he started going, like people would say, like, like a, be careful the Patriots this year. Brady, I think, would eat his own kids for a Super Bowl. Win. You know what I mean? It's like this is what a, a quote uh, that NFL is that why radio. He's so young. Yeah. Well, one of the uh, one of the who is an ex player, you know, who like they're in a lot of the NFL radio guys on serious will be, you know, they're they're into you know they know everyone you know they're the insiders you know and he's like yeah brady could eat his own kids this year so like yeah he does have that yeah i will tenacious. not lose it's mm-hmm. like i didn't lose right. i ran out of time right right you know what i mean and that's brady he, well, i'm glad he's on tampa now because we look pretty good we just picked up bernard you know a pass catching running back who still has it you know I, I and hopefully ab stays with us 
So, but well, Brady's coming to the end of his career. He's only got maybe ten years left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I don't, I don't know if the Patriots make it back, man. I don't know who they get in this draft. I don't know yeah, if they can. They could go anywhere. They, they need a quarterback. I'm, I'm, quarterback I don't think Cam Newton's sucks. the answer. Oh, he's terrible. He's I, I think Josh McDaniels will take over that team. I think Josh McDaniels will do well. Yeah. But I don't know if the system is going to survive. I do. I do like the uh, a lot of the moves they made in the offseason. I think it's very interesting. They. Uh, you think you'll get Garoppolo back? I hope not. I mean, the Niners are going to probably pick up a quarterback. Yeah, but I don't want Garoppolo. And there, there's some projections that New England might move up to seven yeah, to pick up uh, Mac Jones. I don't want Mac Jones Lance. either. No. No, I, I don't. I'd stay stay away from the quarterbacks this year, unless someone good drops. You know, if they get, mm. uh, you know, um, I just can't remember in the last twenty years when the last time they had a top twenty pick. Yeah. Well, yeah, they had, why not? But they, <laughs> they, had, get, they had to make moves for it. But, but they could get talent. But what I think, what I actually the kid I'd like uh, a couple kids I like to be honest with you, they could get maybe even in the third round. Is is that Mills out of Stanford? Okay. Is a potential yeah, quarterback a that like they could him. pick yeah. him. Uh, Mond out of Texas A&M. I actually mm. like him. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. Trask out of Florida. You know? You like Trask? I, I, for a third, fourth round pick. Mm. Sure. He's, he's a one-round quarterback in my opinion. Well, like I said, for a later for a later round pick, like not or like I, I, I wouldn't go first round with him. I, I avoid, I avoid him because of the coaching. I don't think the coaching allowed him to think on the field. Yeah, but he's going to have a, he's going to have a year. Yeah, but I, under, I don't think he'll get it. I don't think he hasn't got it now. And he's yeah. an older he's an older college quarterback yeah. right now. But I'm just saying those I think Mond makes sense. Mond and Mills make a lot of sense. But those Mills is the one I'd want number one. That's yeah. the guy I would I would rather have. But I like Mond too. And uh I, you know, I think we can get these guys in a later round. You know, so at fifteen I mean, you're gonna go for like a high it depends on what's available. You high know, stock cornerback, right? uh, yeah. high stock uh, uh actually I'd like I mean depends on again, depends on who's available because there's a lot of ways it can go. I like that defensive end. Um, mm. out of Penn State is a is a good player. Um there's uh there's know, gonna be a lot of good there's gonna be a lot of good players. There's gonna be some running backs and some yeah. there's gonna well, be a lot of good players available. We got a 15. lot of running backs. There's gonna be a lot I think you know, yeah, there's a offensive lineman out of USC that looks good. There's you have a lot of running backs, but they're small running backs. No, Damian Harris isn't too small. Damian Harris is a is a No, he's not but, but then they get hurt. Frequently, yeah. We, I I, I wouldn't go there on Some fifteen. I, I wouldn't hit there fifteen though. I wouldn't go that route. Uh, mm. Depends on. I mean, they get Waddle out of Alabama. Waddle would be, I think Waddle is Don, underrated. Underrated. You know, Smith out of Alabama is another one. No, he's not going to be available. I think he's going to be gone by then. Yeah, but I'm just saying, one of those guys are going to drop. You know, Waddle supposedly is better than Smith, except for the yeah. fact that uh, he got hurt. I you think know, if, I if think you're Waddle, happy with his his uh, yeah. medical side. He would be a steal because he'd be I, a I think Waddle's a great pick. He's got the size. Yeah. He's got the speed. And Alabama receiver. Well, he's only 5'10", we know what they look like. but he's, he's thicker, but he's 5'10". The Smith is 6'1", I think. So he's taller. 6'1", I thought Smith was smaller. Oh, no. no maybe Smith I'm thinking about skinnier. the weight. Skinnier. skinnier. Yeah, he can make up with that. I'm okay yeah. with the 170 then. Yeah. So, but uh, but I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared that they're going to get hurt. That's the one thing about Alabama uh, running uh, wide receivers. They do great in the league, but they, they never play a full season. Yeah, they hardly ever play. So, but it, I mean, there's a lot of ways they could go. It'd be interesting. I just, I'm not looking quarterback. I think. Yeah. I, you know, I hate to overdraft them. You know, and I think if they take, uh, you like Cam Newton then for uh, this year? Are <laughs> <laughs> you going to play Stedham? I'd like to see what Stedham could do. Yeah. To be honest with you, and, and I heard somebody say this: don't draft Mac Jones because they say the Patriots already have Mac Jones. And Stedham, Stedham. Mm. Stedham is Mac Jones. It's the same type of a quarterback. So why is he yeah. playing? Yeah, Why even bother reading like Cam Newton? 
don't know. Yeah, yeah. Belichick's Newton. very loyal to Cam. Cam he, he talks mm. him up. Cam Newton did made a lot of mistakes last year, but also didn't have an off season. Right. But you know, you know, I say this too. System. Brady went to a new system and won the Super Bowl. You know, so yeah. it's like Cam Newton. But you know, Newton, Newton, Cam Newton's talented. He's Newton, got talent and skills. He's got but, a strong arm, and he's he but it's one dimensional. Yeah, yeah, he's it's a, a one dimensional. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not. I don't think he's a good quarterback. Like we said, you got to. Well, he did go to the Super Bowl. Know. He played really well that year, quarterback mm-hmm. wise. But didn't. Yeah. But he mostly he was a runner. Yeah, he's here, never been a good thrower. Here's the thing. Never well, he threw thrower. well that year. He, that was like his best year at quarterback. Yeah, and he threw fifty percent completions. And and that's his. Well, he got hurt the following year. He hurt his shoulder. Yeah, well, and he was plant based at that point. He was two years or three uh, years into his plant based diet. Uh, that's why. And so the weakness. question is, that shoulder mm-hmm. ever heal? Well, and I'll tell you this, and I do feel bad about Cam because because he was a runner and a very strong runner, much better runner than a throw. His running allows him to throw because he's not right. a good thrower. But he would get uh, brutalized. I mean, yeah. the, the, he got hit cheap shots upon cheap shots. Oh, yeah. A lot, and that it. wasn't uh-huh. – I mean, you, it, and I'm not a Carolina fan. I'm not a Cam Newton fan. But when I was watching those – and I'm like, that's bullshit to allow them right. to do that to him. You know, he hey, if you're running, you're allowed to get hit. And but they don't. They, they don't have they cheap shots, and that was bullshit. And, that, and he hasn't had great receivers either. That's the other thing. They're uh, not like. I'd have to think who we had, but I don't remember. I don't, I'd have to look back. There's nobody that's that's really stood out as a receiver. I mean, you're going to say Samuels or um, what's his who name? Who is it? Wasn't who was a shorter guy that was fast? Did yeah, he play for Carolina? Steve Smith. Was Steve Smith. I think Steve he was Smith, before was right Cam mm-hmm. or the very beginning. Okay. Steve Smith was good. I think he played for like a year and then he was uh, yeah. traded to Baltimore. Yeah. But then after that, they haven't had a receiver. They they drafted uh, the kid out of uh, Florida State. Um, Calvin uh, Benjamin. Calvin Benjamin, who didn't pan out that well. He mm-hmm. just wasn't fast enough. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest hands. Um, they had that, one, that, that speedster who plays for uh, the Saints now. I forget his name. Um, he he did well receiving that year with Cam Newton. Sneed, Steve, Steve, Steve Siphons. I don't know. Mm, Sneed, no. Willie Sneed. No, no, no. Willie Sneed went from New Orleans to Baltimore. He didn't play with Cam. Oh, uh, I'm talking about uh, this kid was a oh, man. What's his name? He's like a punt returner and a wide receiver. He's uh, he gets hurt quite a bit too now, but he's been like a journeyman. Mm. Oh man, what is his name? I can't think of it. Um. Oh, not uh, Cordell Patterson. Is that who you're talking no, about? No, no, not him. He's kind of like a Cordell Patterson, though. But uh, I, I'll, I'll, I don't know either. No. I, I want to say like Terrell Pryor or something like that, but it's not that. It's it's a yeah. something else. I don't know. Well, we'll forget about it. All right, I think we're good. Yeah. That's, I think that's about it. So longer than I thought. All right, you go ahead and do the pitch again. All right. You did great. So we uh, are going to spend the next or finish off the year thanking the people who inspired us to do what we're doing today um, the, the, um, with their podcast. So uh, Adam, uh, see, now you got to remember, remember these guys. Adam Carroll. Yeah, Sean Carroll. Sean, Sean Carroll. Sam Harris. Sam Harris. Joe Adam Rogan. Meekins, Adam Meekins. There's the Adam. Greg Lehman. Greg Lehman. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. And yep. those are the guys that inspired us to talk about this shit and to do it. Two years in the making, so we want to say thank you. Give your give you some homage, and uh, after that, we're going to do another pitch. 
Okay, we also have set up the Patreon account for anybody that's feeling um, that's appreciative and um, wants to donate to help us keep this podcast going, and also a portion of our of what we take in, twenty five percent, we will divide up to give to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Ten percent, ten percent will go to the SMA. Spinal Muscular Atrophy Association, and then the 5% will go to the muscular dystrophy. That's it. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thanks, I appreciate you. you. Just basically just shooting the shit. That's yeah. right. That's all <laughs> we're doing. And we're just <laughs> recording it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like you said, we should have started this a half hour early because we were doing all the same shit sitting in, yeah, we, in, we in did. the living room. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I do have a camera. I had a camera yeah. in the living room. But I don't think it recorded the or saved anything. So I also want to get like a little fridge so we can start just having some beers in the process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll do it again. I'll come back and get beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, awesome. Good talking to you guys. Thanks, man.